everyone and welcome to episode 478 of Conversation Street, the Coronation Street podcast with me, Jenna. Also me, Michael, that's my name. Yeah, we're talking about episodes of Coronation Street that were broadcast in the UK between the 5th and the 9th of July 2021, but also ones that have been released on the ITV hub today on the 5th of July. And that's going to be a Monday, a Tuesday and a Friday episode. And those are episodes 10,368 to 10,373. Very nicely done. Now people know they've not tuned into the wrong winner or anything. Oh no, I've got the wrong thing. Oh dear me. Right, can I just start off by saying thank you to all the lovely people who wrote me birthday messages and uh, everything know, on Friday. Like you're like the king. I felt very, the very blessed. It was too. lovely. I got lots of nice messages on the Twitter and the Facebook and stuff. And I got a couple of cards from listeners through the post as well, which is very, very nice. And yeah, just lots of lots of love. Aww. I very much appreciated it. Thank you, thank you very much. I'm glad that my hints paid off. They did, didn't they? Well <laughs> done. Maybe mentioned it once or twice. Once or twice know. or a few times, <laughs> I'm not sure. Anyway, thank you. Yeah, I had a lovely birthday. Well, especially the birthday weekend. I had to go to work on my birthday. But yeah, we had a, we had a nice evening, didn't we? Friday night, mm-hmm. we watched Charlie and the Chocolate Factory for yeah, some we reason. Did. The original one, so Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, because we'd been watching some YouTube video about it the day before. Yeah, so and thought, I was like, Why I not? don't think I've seen this film properly. We we got nothing to do on Friday nights anymore, and then we went to Portsmouth on Sunday, uh, Saturday, didn't we? we went to Spinnaker Tower, which is nice. Had some. Um, and I was like, I'd, I'd lunch with some friends. Are we in Dubai? <laughs> Nobody no, else will get um, that reference. It was dinner we had. Yes. And and then went to nice lunch at parents yesterday. So it was very, very nice. Very, very nice weekend. Thank you very much. And we watched the football. I didn't watch the football. The you football did. was you on. Were, you were in the room. I was in the room with football. And I believe there'll be more football this week. Yes, there's going to yeah. be football on Wednesday. And there might be some on Saturday, is it? I Sunday. Me. I don't know. Anyway. anyway, um, apart from that, on, um, it's, it's, what? On Sunday, I, we're going to our friend's house and we're going to have Australian Christmas. Oh, yeah, we are. Because up, um, we, we didn't have Christmas together and we've always wanted to have Christmas in uh, July because it's hot like it is in Australia. So having Australian Christmas, if anyone's got any tips for, um, for what we can do. It is absolutely chucking it down um, as it we record this at the moment, does it? It's not particularly um, July-ish at the moment, but I have to say. Anyway, so um, that's what we've been up to this week, and, and it's um, we've just been watching Coronation Street this evening, haven't we? It's been it's Monday night now. Got home, had a, had an inset day on school, so that was nice. Oh, I was able you? to get off early, yeah. And and we've just been sitting down watching today's Coronation Street. So what did we think about it? Was it any better than last <laughs> week? I, I feel I feel I'm a bit nervous about saying what I think about this week's episodes today because um I it feels like I'm I was um on my own with my harsh criticism yourself, of last week's Coronation Street. I really I really didn't think that last week's was was all that really, but I don't think anybody scored as low as I did. I was really I did, surprised. Well yeah, you gave it what a three, didn't you? And yeah, I gave I it a so. two. Um, Two's really low. I know, I just wasn't feeling it. That What about this week? How was it? We just have to wait and wow, see. Wow, you're going to get in trouble again. Because before we get into Street Talk this week, we have got a quiz and some birthdays. Gemma, I yeah, will I've hand over to you, my lovely my quiz mistress. 
quiz mistress. Or is it you're you're a quiz master, but a lady like a quiz master lady? You're my quiz lord. A female quiz lord. (laughs) You're my female quiz lord, (laughs) as Daisy and Jenny would probably say. This is things. Let me do it. Fifth, the 9th of July, and you're sending it one in the six. And I got this from coronationstreet.fandom.com. 5th of July, 1991. Who does Mike get married? <laughs> I'm sorry, I just, I just had to censor myself. I, I said something unintentionally rude, and you'll never know. <laughs> Absolutely cannot let that go out at all. Okay. What I said wasn't supposed to be rude. It was very one of the most offensive things. Okay. Right. Fifth of July nineteen ninety one. Okay. Uh, who does Mike get married to and what bombshell news do they deliver right after? What was the year? Ninety one. Alma. Mike gets married to Alma. What's the bombshell news? Um oh what was there? The bombshell. Um, I don't know. It was Alma, wasn't it? In nineteen ninety one. No. <laughs> wasn't it? Oh, what? Ninety one. Oh, Jackie Ingram. Yeah. What was the bomb? I don't think actually you get a point for that because it was. I got my dates wrong. You married Alma in the nineties. In the eighties. Um, the bombshell news was that she knows that he's a dodgy geezer and she's got a shotgun in her wardrobe. No. Do I get half a point for that? No. He's, she, he, he, she's found out that he's been diddling her over the factory. Um, she... <laughs> I'm just being very vague <laughs> with my description no, she's here. selling the factory, she says. Oh, okay. Because she's like, oh, we spend more time together. And he's like, but I only married you for the factory. Uh, yeah, yeah. 5th of July, 1976. I half remembered it. Who becomes the lodger at the Ogden's? Eddie Yates. Yes. Brilliant, I love Eddie Yates. I also oh. forgot to put in a question about this, but this was the week when they put up the um, mural. Do you remember why? Oh, the mural this week. What's that? What's that? What's that? Like, 20, no. What's, how long ago? 45 years ago? 45 years of mural. Why did they put... Do you remember why they had to put a mural on the wall? Um, was that? It was a, well some kind of staining down the wall that they needed to, to hide. No. No? It was um, they that Eddie brought them some wallpaper, yeah. and it was faded. Uh, it's all faded wallpaper, do you? No, no exactly. Sixth of July, nineteen eighty-one. Eddie tries to sell the paintings of which person? Who then goes on? I should have remembered what you said earlier. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Eddie tries. This is, this is like the hundred dollar a month Patreon tier to find out what I said. Yeah, you earlier will. This episode. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Eddie tries to sell. <laughs> Right, 1981. Eddie tries to sell the paintings of which person who then goes on to Daryl Mavis who'll help her learn how to paint. Oh. <laughs> Eddie tries to sell a man's paintings, yeah. yes. Um, I don't remember. Um, is it Victor Pendlebury? Was he doing a bit of painting no, back then? No, it's Maurice Dodds. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. 6th of July, 2001. Sarah meets someone. On the internet, who is he? I don't remember what his name is. I don't know. Dodgy guy. Gary Adams. No, this is hard this week. 7th of July, 1971. The Flower Show. Yes. Who gets drunk tasting wine? <gasps> Emily. Yes, Emily. Classic. Do you remember who tastes the beer? Who tastes the beer? Yeah. What was the year? 
1971. Mm-hmm. Albert Tatlock. No, it's Stan. N- no, it's no. Minnie and Alf. Uh, Who enters a stolen orchid into the flower competition? Oh, gosh, I vaguely remember this. Who enters a stolen orchid? I think that's Stan, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Who wins the cake decorating competition? Well, that's how you remember. Uh, the cake decorating competition. No. Not a clue. It was Len. Oh, yeah, he didn't like comp- it, did he? He got really mad He got mad that he won a cake competition. People uh, uh, daring to suggest yeah. that he might be good at de- decorating a cake. Yeah. Uh, but to be fair, the reason that they entered him was because they knew he would get mad about it. So, <laughs> you know, they're all as bad as each other, aren't they? 8th of July, 2011. You've got two more questions left. Okay. Both related to this date. Okay. Who does Julie Carp discover the Grimshaws are related to? Um, the Grimshaws are related to the Tanners. And and also, yeah, Elsie Tanner. The Grimshaws well, related to. Dennis Tanner. Yeah, 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 that's a mark. But, you know, they would have to be that. related to Elsie if they're related to Dennis. Exactly. Unless they're related to the male line. Yeah, that's fine. Why does Sophie... Actually, if they're related to Dennis, mm. Tanner, through the Tanner family, they probably aren't related to Elsie, are they? Doesn't matter, doesn't matter. I said the tunnels, I remembered it well enough. Right, um, why does Sophie steal £20,000 from Kevin? What? Um, I don't remember. Uh, why would she want £20,000? 2011, something to do with... Wants to marry Sean or something, or run away no, with Sean? No, it was to do with... Um, Bad week for It was quizzes. to do with being a, uh, giving to a homeless charity who needed to build a house. Oh, what a do-gooder. And then it turned out to be a scam. Oh, yeah, of course. Of yeah. course you get a scam. I don't think you? you get to be called a do-gooder if you've stolen the money. I didn't do very well this week, did I? What's no, that? One, two... Like seven and a f- seven Yeah, and about wrong. 50% of blimey. What do you mean terrible. 50%? You've got seven wrong and, f- uh, and five right. Okay. <laughs> you also Poor failed week. the math section. But at least I managed to make myself laugh before the quiz Good started. job. Right, I can do birthdays Better look now. next time. 10th of July, Jenny Platt played Violent Wilson. Vi- yeah. Violent. I always Violent call it Violent Wilson. Wilson. <laughs> 11th of July, Stuart Latham, first producer of Coronation Street, and Craig Charles played Lloyd <sighs> Mullaney. Charles, 12th of July, Irene Sutcliffe played Maggie Clegg, Kathy Staff played Vera Hopkins, Roy Barakoff played Alec Gilroy, and Christopher Quentin, who played Brian Tilsley. Oh, you get a shout out in this week's Corey, I think, didn't, didn't they? they? 13th of July, Cheryl Murray played Susie Birchall. Sammy oh, we uploaded a character profile last week onto YouTube. We did. Samuel Longshan Baum, Maria Connor. Yes. 15th of July, Derek Griffith. He played Freddie Smith and Jill Halfpenny played Rebecca Hopkins. Well, we've been watching her, haven't we? We've been watching Rebecca on a very, very long protracted romance of Martin Platt. In the, in the 99-2000 era. God, I didn't even know that's what her name was. Yeah. Really boring. 16th of July, Wendy Jane Walker, who is Susan Barlow II. Samantha Seager, who played Jodie Morton. And Katie McGlynn, who played Sinead. Ooh, she's been... She, I think that um, we've started to see pictures of her being, um, whoever she's going to be uh, in um, Hollyoaks. You know, she's moved over to there. They've, they've right. started, the, started the proper publicity drive for that now. How exciting. I know. Right. Well, we won't be watching that. 
No. Sorry. Right, I think this is long enough. We are ready to share our thoughts on this week's Coronation Street, and by gum, we have some. We do. So let's chat about that now, okay. shall we? Yeah. In this week's Street Talk. Street Talk. So what do we think about this week's Coronation Street, then? Let's find out. Was that any good? Who knows? Me, I'm going to tell you. Do you know? I never know till I get to the end. What I, I think you it. do. I think we talked about it a bit already. Okay, so we have got five stories to talk about this week. Um, again, apologies in advance, not very far in advance, for terrible storyline titles. Maybe once we get back to normal viewing, I'll be able to spend a little bit longer ruminating on these. We're starting off with the Todd, Billy, Paul and Will story. So there's a proposal this week. Also, a character called Will. This, uh, this storyline title is I Will. I Will. I Will. I will. Mm, sorry. Because we don't say I do in church in this country, even though... Well, especially if... On TV, everyone always asks, do you blah, blah, blah? And it's always I do. Well, actually, the question is, will you? Mm, and mm. you have to say I will. Yeah. And also, um, the, um, the, the audience... The congregation also has to say we will as they well, do, don't they? they? They will do. They never have that in, in on TV because if they did, well, they'd be legally married. This wasn't a proposal. This wasn't a wedding. This is a proposal where was, the question was, will you marry me? And after a little bit of hesitation, Billy did indeed say I will. I just thought of a great one. What? Oh, no, I need to look up whether whether this word means what I think it means. You, you're, you're coming up with a off-the-cuff storyline the title. Right, I'm going to do the next one. Which one? Is, I've got two options for the Izzy one. What do you want to do? The first one or the well, second one? I think one? you should just say both. Well, okay. <laughs> so the Izzy storyline, we'll get to talking about it in a minute, I promise. The Izzy storyline title, my first option, when there was a mystery man in, um, in Ms Armstrong's flat, my question was, who is he? Who is he? Who is he? Mm. Uh, we still don't know. Well, uh, we know we that his know. name. We know who his name is because of the credits, but I don't think it was actually. We know what his name what is. his name is because of the credits. Uh, I don't think it was mentioned in the program. Or we could also say that this this was a story where Izzy has had lots of work to do. She she's got too much she's work on, over. isn't she? She's so, so overstretched, isn't she? Yeah. So we could call the storyline "Stretched Armstrong." That and was good. You've got to be of a certain age to, to, to get that one, maybe. Do you want to know what my idea was that yes. doesn't actually work? Oh, yeah, go on then. But it work for Daniel. Go on. If somebody proposed to him. Mm. I thought the word docent was to do with clergy, but it's not. Oh, I've never even heard this word. Docent. It's, to, it's a professor or somebody who works in a museum or... Like, I think when you go around stately homes, the people that help you are docents. Okay. So what would we do in the title? Indocent proposal. <laughs> <laughs> so close. We'll have to remember that one. So close, yeah. Completely irrelevant. Um, for, for the Ryan story, we can, we can bring out an old classic for him because I... Well, football. Ryan Giggs. Yay! That's a footballer, He's isn't he? He's doing his gigs this week. I wanted to say, call it about saying about to do with Daisy's chain. Like a daisy chain because he is on the chain this week. But either of them will, will do fine. Another... I'm just so lazy with these titles this week. Gale Away is the story about Gale Party. leaving off to Thailand. Gale Away, Gale Away, Gale Away. And finally, we had a little bit of Alina popping a bun in the oven um, on Monday's episode, at least. So this week, um, we had Monday, Tuesday and Friday to talk about. Although, obviously, we have watched it on the hub. So we were all caught we already up. Know. Gemma. Yes. Will you... I will. Take this first storyline <laughs> to synopsize, to have and to hold, to describe and dissect. I will. I'll let you know. So on Monday, Summer is fed up with Billy and Todd being on a case about being diabetic. She's sick and tired of it and well, she's only just started. She's got this clinic appointment, isn't she? But she wants to go to the rave up on the red wreck. She hurries off to school. Todd follows after her. 
and finds her in the street telling Paul about her woes. Um, well, she's she's in Victoria Gardens, which is now called Victoria Park. Yeah, yeah. Apparently, it's been promoted. It's, ba- it that- it's barely a garden, to be fair, is it? But when Ryan called it a park, I think he was definitely over. I mean, overselling it. Have all the other green spaces been decimated in Weatherfield? So this is literally the biggest. Uh, Get spider on that if that's the case. It will be shinning up a tree. Or Emily, just tell her she'll be right back down from Scotland. Yeah. To- to climb up, where does she even go? The little little shelter above the bench, maybe. Sitting in an alcove like a gargoyle. <laughs> maybe she can be in Villain's Alley and just launch herself Skulk. anyway. Comes along. Anyway, Todd says um, she's moaning about we're not letting her to a party, but she didn't say why, did she? It's because she's got to go to the diabetes yes. nurse. And Paul says, "Oh, I'll go with you." So she goes into the medical centre, and and Paul and uh, Todd are with her. Billy pops out. Um, so there's three grown men there trying to convince this girl. <laughs> yeah, 16 year old girl. She refuses to go. She's like, I don't want to go in. I don't yeah. want to go in. Billy turns up and she goes, all right then. And she goes in with Paul. And Paul's a bit, uh, Todd's a bit nagged that suddenly Summer is so keen on Paul. And I really do feel a bit sorry for Summer here because it's not her fault that Billy's a massive flake, is it? No. So she's, and she's a very lovely, giving gentle girl who sort of befriends people very easily seemingly mm. and she's made a big attachment to billy's previous boyfriend paul mm. and now she's got to pretend that she doesn't care about him just because billy's on the scene yeah so she's she's very confused and this is a really tough time for her as well with the diabetes diagnosis and everything so i'm not surprised that she's freaking out a little bit because they're not really helping and billy's uh, attitude all week is sort of wringing his hands and standing on the periphery of things going oh dear oh no <laughs> he is a bit dot cottony isn't he this he is. <laughs> and jesus is watching him going oh billy man come on just do a prayer and get on with it <laughs> you're the archdeacon reverend so. i know for my sake <laughs> <laughs> so she goes in she comes out and she's like oh you know what i was panicking over nothing it all went really well and Honestly, half the time, the fear of the unknown is the worst part, isn't it? Yes. That's like I was like before I went to have my COVID jab and it was fine. Were you really worrying about that? I don't like injections. Nobody like This is I don't get this. I, know, I don't. I understand that some people have a phobia of needles because I'm, I'm okay with it going in. I don't like it coming out. <laughs> That's my big thing. I don't like that part. Right. But I've had a lot more of that than you have, haven't you? Yeah, haven't yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um... But I don't get when people, anyone, says, I don't like hospitals and I don't like needles. It's like, oh, yeah, well, I love them. I'll have yours if you like. <laughs> I just remember my mum was having a... junkies like mum was having a chemotherapy, she was like, yeah, bring it on. What, what was... That wasn't chemo, though, was it? Surely. Yeah, when she was having the chemo. And they were like, she was like, find my veins, get it in there. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe there's a bit of morphine in there as well. <laughs> uh, so anyway, um, oh... So she, she's, she's, uh, she, Billy thanks Paul for helping. And then when Summer and Billy are left alone together, she tells him she misses Paul. Oh dear. Todd chats with Eileen about what's going on. He's, he's starting to realise that Summer's, um, maybe doesn't, hasn't taken to him as a father figure and he needs to prove to her that he's not going to let her down again and leave because that's kind of what happened. I think she has or she had but after he did his um, 
you know, disappearing act in the woods all those years ago. She's um, not learned yet to retrust her. Okay, yeah. Well, that's the that's the hardest thing, isn't it? Mm. Learning after a betrayal. But really, he didn't do it on purpose. No, it's not his fault. He just went a bit nuts. Bruno's fault, in it. We all know. Yeah. So, (laughs) (laughs) summer comes home again. Um, later this party on the Red Wreck wasn't all that after I can't all. believe this after all that I wondered whether they'd like whether they're going to do some filming on the Red Wreck they've, they've started to do some location shoots haven't they is she going to have some kind of collapse on the Red Wreck is she going to she going to be down in her cans but nothing no, no um, it was it was very, quite funny um, because she made a massive deal about it and then she wasn't even bothered and I think Parents of teenagers it's... probably find this very familiar scenario of somebody moaning about wanting to do something and then not even be bothered about it. And the fact it. that she was she kind of lied about when the when the do was, didn't she? Because it didn't actually yeah. clash with her, her no. appointment after all. Anyway, uh, of course we we sympathise and understand this because occasionally Abby will say, "I want to go outside." We open the door and she sits there. Yeah, she won't go out, but Just she doesn't want to come whiskers, in. Uh, windy, exactly. Yeah. Windy old whiskers. That's what we call her. <laughs> so. Um, don't. <laughs> we don't call it that we might do now though um, then Todd's like oh I've got a sore knee I've got a sore knee and I go oh, I say to you oh I think I know what I he's doing I didn't have a clue I didn't know this was happening this week well you know I don't want I don't want to be heteronormative here because we're talking about a gay couple but perhaps because I'm a woman I'm very in tune with the old man getting down on one knee thing like whoop, 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 I arm. thought he was just trying to get sympathy or something like he realised that Summer was all over Paul and if he was like oh I've got a bad knee Summer would come over to him and offer him some knee support or something so, what, so he's like Paul he's just this got, week he's been very sympathy. uncomplimentary about Paul and his mental faculties hasn't he yeah so you think he was like oh Paul's mentally deficient what can I be deficient in not mental because I'm really clever oh my knee my knee hurts my knee oh my knee <laughs> um, anyway he goes down on one knee and he says while he's down here I will propose and Billy's like oh <laughs> <laughs> um, he's like a like a Muppet waving his arms around like animal I don't know what to do Um, Todd gets really flustered because Billy doesn't immediately and enthusiastically agree and as as with sex getting proposed to should be immediate and enthusiastic consent and (laughs) and affirmation otherwise you shouldn't go ahead with it somebody needs to tell Daisy that yes Um, so Todd realises he's done the wrong thing and leaves in a bit of a huff put Summer then sees Paul in the street and tells him what's happened and Paul doesn't like this at all, gets really grumpy. Billy goes to the funeral parlour to find Todd but only Eileen is there and he says, oh, I need to speak to him. Leaves because Eileen convinced him he wasn't there but it was a lie again. Those Grimshaws are so full of lies. As soon as Billy goes, Todd comes out of his hiding place and says, oh dear. Billy goes to the Rovers to look for Todd but he's not there but Paul is. And he says, you've made the right choice saying no. And Billy's like, oh, naturally, I don't think I have. Yeah, because at, at this point, didn't, didn't I think Summer told Paul, did she, that he, yeah. that he declined. And Paul yeah. and Billy's like, oh, I don't know. Well, Paul, yeah, Billy's like, I haven't said yes or no. I, I've, I didn't even answer. And Paul says, I can't even believe that you're contemplating marrying him. And Billy says, no, um... No, he's changed. He's he's a good person. And Paul says, no, he's not changed. You have. And he yeah, points out... Yeah, because it was last year, wasn't it? What happened? He points out that previously, Paul and Billy had talked about getting married, but only when 
Billy brought up the fact that he would marry Paul in a heartbeat if they could get married in a church. Because mm. I criticised him at the time about this. Uh, what kind of a clergyman sort of represents a church that thinks his life is inherently sinful? I just can't... I under, I, I totally... Um, I can understand how you could be a clergyman and be gay, but I don't understand how you could... How how can you reconcile the two f- the fact that you you're not actually allowed to get married in the church? He's working his way up and he's archdeacon now. Next stop, Archbishop of Canterbury. Canterbury. I'm afraid. And then after Michael, that, he's going to be the king, and he can decide. I was going to say the next stage is shacking up with Charles, <laughs> and that's you know I guess that would that solidify it, wouldn't that it? That really would make the difference. I mean, Camilla probably wouldn't mind because she'd just go back to being the bit on the side again. <laughs> yeah, just like old times. I really love Camilla, by the way, everybody. She's great. Um, so the, this, they, they didn't actually talk about how they would get around this, did they? Paul brings it up and said, oh, you well, said, yeah, but exactly. how can you do it? But and there was no discussion as far as I said, remember of... I, I don't care anymore. Because I've found a loophole. No, he says, I watched an episode of Coronation Street where they got married, where... Um, Hayley Hayley and Roy were going to get married by this this other vicar who like doesn't care (laughs) yeah I'm going to go down to the Duckinfield Unitarian Church I'm going to go to the no F's given church yeah of Weatherfield anyway um, he'll he'll sort that out closer I'm sure they'll just get they'll just have some kind of blessing Victoria Park heathen (laughs) ceremony yeah get some tips Kirk can get his uh, headdress on again I'm he, sure he, there's. I'm, like I, it just I've, doesn't make sense to me because if you're, because I assume he's Church of England. He is definitely Church of England. How? Why are you laughing? Well, he's not Catholic, is he? I know, but there's other ones, aren't there? Baptists, aren't That's they different? Church of, is that Church? I don't understand it. Oh, gosh, I'm sorry. I'm not that. a massive. I can't remember. I'm not a massive Christian. <laughs> I'm not big up on the. I've never understood denominations. I know the Catholics and the Protestants. 100% Anglican. Right, so Anglican, not necessarily Church of England, but no, we that assume. Is church. Yeah, right, I don't church know. Of Why are you using a different word to confuse me? Um, <laughs> not Methodist. Methodist is not Church of England. What's Baptist? I don't. Doesn't matter. Doesn't, doesn't matter, matter, but it kind of does because um, if he's Church of England, would you ever, as a C of E sort of clergyman, get married by a different, more accepting branch of the Christian church. That's a very good point. Because if they, also, if they did, would that not go in the papers? Because he's basically saying, my church it doesn't tolerate my sexuality. I think he would say... It's, it's very it's problematic. All, it's all It's all the same me. God, isn't it? Yeah. Well. It's like doing it with your fingers crossed behind your back or whatever, isn't it? You shouldn't be... Was that what you were doing when we got <laughs> married? Because I'm sorry, but it still counts. <laughs> Anyway, um, Paul stomps off saying, don't expect me to pick up the pieces when he breaks your heart again. He's very upset. Todd and Billy meet up and have a chat at the flat later and Todd says, look, I promise I'm not going to disappear again. And Billy says, Paul's going to need convincing. And like Todd and I both say, there's nothing to do with him. I don't care what he thinks. Mm. Yeah, what's it even matter? It doesn't matter. Um, He says, I can't blame him if he feels hurt over what has happened. And then Billy goes, oh, my knee, oh, he goes down on one (laughs) knee and he proposes back. It's just like when Rada and Kate propose to each other, isn't it? (laughs) At the same time. You know, I mean, like I said, heteronormative relationships, we've got the whole thing where the man has to do the proposing and if the woman does it, 
you know, people are like, oh, how modern. But when you've got two gay, a, a gay couple, all bets are off. You can do what you like. Yeah, mo- um, yeah marriage for, for a gay couple is, is new. We haven't you know, set the... There's no tradition. No. No. But um, I, I think if we, yeah, looking well, at Coronation nice Street, the, the double proposal is the way to go, apparently. Well, I mean, Kate and Rana had a simultaneous proposal. Yes, they did. And this is more of a... Staggered. Staggered proposal. <laughs> the old classic staggered gay proposal. I love it. <laughs> so he proposes back. Um, and then Summer comes home and there's a classic Cory freakout. Freakout. <laughs> oh my gosh, we're married. Oh we're going to get married. It's going to be fabulous. All right, shut up. No. Um, a classic Cory fake out. Fake out. Which is, which is a tradition. That is a total tradition. Um, she comes home, they're both sad. And then they go, not really, we're getting married. And she goes, oh, that's nice, isn't it? Then she goes, I found this letter on the porch and it says, don't get too comfortable, your lies will come out. Yeah, well, the, it was in it was an it was envelope. An envelope. She hasn't seen this. She, she hands it to him. He opens it Todd. and reads it privately. Todd does. And he's like, oh, dear. But he says, oh, dear, oh this, this person just... doesn't know how to use apostrophes. <laughs> Sorry. This is just I'm a letter. I want it again. A letter from George, he says. Yes. But, but it's, it's not. It's on a help. It's on the helpline. This made me laugh. It's on the flyer from the helpline that they all worked on, which was was it a mental health one? I've forgotten. Yeah. I don't remember. So I think I'm so. asking you. It was like a Samaritan's jobby. Yes, that's right. It was a helpline for for male mental health. Was it male or just anyone? I don't remember. Um, but later on, they're saying, "Oh, I don't know. I don't know who could, this could have come from," and it's like. Do you not hand these out to people? Because they're saying, oh, it must be somebody from the helpline. No, surely it's, it's from anybody. Everybody throws them away as soon as they come through the letterbox. It really was a very damning insight into their marketing strategy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> On Tuesday, Gemma sees Todd and Paul arguing in the street. And Todd's saying, just give up because I'm, I've got the prize. I've got the, I've got the archdeacon. Sad. Um, because they don't even have an Archdeacon's Cottage or anything. No. Paul is really rattled and tells Todd, you better be looking for a stuff discount on a coffin soon, which is probably the smartest insult he's ever come up with in his <laughs> life. He's probably going to write that down. Sean then decides to complicate the story. Oh, I put this story in there as well. The sort of Sean and George and Eileen bit I've, I've just added in there. This was somewhat of a silly of story, own. really. Sean wants to move back with Eileen because now he's given up double glammy and he owes loads of money to everybody and he can't afford to stay in his flat. So he wants to move in with her rent-free. And she says no, basically. So he gets annoyed. Then Todd comes over and tells Eileen, he says, oh, you can, I need to buy yourself a hat. Um, and she's like, oh, how come? Because I'm getting married, mum. Then he gets a threatening text and he thinks it's um, Paul yes. that's texting him. Um, he tells Billy that Paul's been doing this and Billy says, oh dear, Paul's going to have to accept this otherwise he can get out of our lives. So Billy catches Paul in the cafe and says, back off, control your jealousy and and, and if you can't, you've got to stay away from Summer as well. Well, I don't even think it's if you can't yeah, stay away from Summer. It's yeah. just literally stay away from my daughter. I'm sorry. Todd gets another message, red wreck, five o'clock, be there or else. And he's like, ha ha, isn't Paul in a stupid idiot? Jeremy and Paul then are back at Gemma's house and they're talking about Todd. And Gemma says, Todd seemed to me to be freaking out about what he thought you had said in a manner 
that you might do if you'd actually done the thing that you were being accused of. Rather than sort of saying, I don't know why you said this about me, he seemed to think that you had a secret on him and the secret was something he actually has done. Yes. And then they say, oh, who could possibly have the flyer like that? Nobody, except people that work there. So 5pm, Todd's really not taking this seriously. He hasn't even left the Rovers yet. He yeah, he's just happy to imagine he's like, Paul's Paul skewing out on the red wreck. Yeah. Idiot. George senses things aren't good between Sean and Eileen, and he says, well, why don't we, um, me and you, Sean, big each other up to Eileen, and she'll be convinced to take us both in. Mm-hmm. I as the boyfriend and confidant, you as the lodger. And, and Sean says, I haven't got anything else in the script, so yes. Don't know what's going it on with my Dylan's like a really story. really great like. idea. Um, Todd comes back home later and finds somebody trying to crowbar their way into the flat. He runs off. Todd chases. The person trips and falls and turns over and it is Will. Now, do you guys remember who Will is? Because you might need a refresh. He is the young lad who was phoning the helpline that Todd, Paul and AJ. AJ worked at. Yeah. And he was phoning up, but he was under the employ of Todd to bait Paul into breaking the rules so that he would get fired, Paul would get fired from the job, and eventually Paul got so embroiled in this fake story that Will and Todd concocted that Will was being beaten up by his stepdad or something, that he went to an address and beat a man up because he thought that was Will's stepdad or dad or whatever. Nice recap. He remembers more than me. He got himself in trouble, and then Will... um, was being paid by Todd and he threw the phone in the bin to show Todd that that was over and they had both got what they wanted out of it. Turns out that actually he wants more money. He's turned back up. You you missed the bit about getting Summer run over. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Will also broke into uh, Billy's house and smashed up the piano. Yes. And... Summer came in, saw him, ran downstairs. She in did a fight. classic Corey freak out. <laughs> Shut up. And um, yeah, got run over by a car. So that's fine, really, these days. You just bounce right They're off. They're made of sturdy stuff in Weatherfield now. Yeah. So, Will. It's Will. <laughs> Will says, I'm, I'm skin and I owe people money, so I want £3,000. And over the course of the week, this goes from three grand to five grand. How old do you reckon Will's supposed to be? Because he's talking about, you know, huge amounts of money he wants, and he's. He's kind of really talking the hard talk, isn't he? Um, but he seems just like a, an annoying little scroke to me. And I'd be like, I'm it's telling like your 18, mum on you. 17, 18? I don't know. Yeah. What do you need three, three grand for? PlayStation 5 and all the It's all the Fortnite the V-Bucks, I think. Maybe. Is that a thing? What's that? that? Fortnite money. So I've been oh, told. Oh, okay. Fortnite money. I thought you said a V-Bucks. Like no, V-Bucks. They, they made a new console just no. to play Fortnite. V-Bucks is what we could watch our telly on. the Virgin Box. True. I want money, and I also didn't actually throw away the SIM cards, so you're an idiot for trusting me. Yeah, he just threw away the the empty phone. I haven't even got that much money. Uh, Do one. Paul organises a meeting with AJ, the guy from the helpline, and... AJ's not particularly surprised. They have this really funny gossip session where they're like... um, Paul's like, so, so Todd? And AJ's like, yeah... 
Yeah, totally. Everyone, surely, who's listening to this must have had a conversation in their life where somebody brings up somebody to you and you both don't like them, but you don't realise at the beginning of the conversation you're trying to work each other out. Like, <laughs> if I say if I say anything horrible, are you going to think I'm mean or are you going to agree with me? So, like, yeah, Todd. And I just like, yeah, you know, to be honest t- with with you, I've I've never really thought... I thought Todd was a bit of a wrong end. And Paul's like, you know what? I'm so glad you said that because he is. And AJ says, I'm not surprised to hear Todd's got his claws into Billy because he's obviously really obsessed with him. Um, and they basically just bitch about how awful Todd is. And then this reaffirms Paul's decision that he has to uncover what the secret is that Todd thinks that Paul knows. Back home, Todd gets another call from Will and he goes out to meet him again and he gives him £600. And Will says, well, that's nice, but it's not five grand, is it? Which is how much you owe me. So you need to give me the rest of it. And Todd's like, oh, darn it. Yeah. That's looking for loans <laughs> oh, on Friday, it. doesn't he? On um, Friday, Sean and George are doing us the pincher scheme on Eileen. Where pincher? They... That sounds like they're going to try to pinch her bum. <laughs> okay, it was him. <laughs> Isn't he a nice guy? <laughs> he must does it because he loves you. <laughs> Will lurks as Billy and Summer leave the flat, and he does uh, some not so stalking, not so subtle stalking of her into the ginnel. He and... like really makes it obvious he's following well, he's, her, and she's also like she's the dumbest. Like I'm sorry, don't victim blame, but equally, if a man is following you very very obviously, and you have the choice of going into a pub where people you know work, or into a ginnel where people have been murdered and beaten, don't go into the ginnel, go into the pub. <laughs> she walks into the ginnel, and he kind of jumps on her, and then he's I like... I think jump out at him. He, well, he kind of yeah, goes she, in there, and that's he, right. she, she launches a surprise attack. And she holds her, she holds her um, bag up, like she's got oh, a yeah. shotgun it in was. it. It's like when you get people who put a banana in their pocket and say, it's and loaded. Like, and she says, I've got mace. And it's like, you're not even allowed mace in this country. <laughs> I don't know where you think you've got that from. The same place that Sharon got a taser from, probably. She probably starts spraying it. It's like minty fresh breath spray. <laughs> anyway, she she drops her stuff everywhere, including I mean, her diabetes kit, which makes them go. Hmm, and it has a big. It, she's got the the, the, she's the got little a big pencil case, hasn't she? It's a pencil case, and it's got diabetes one written on it. Yeah, in big letters, so that everybody knows. Yeah, I suppose that's quite helpful because if somebody kind of faints and then you go through their things to see if they've got medicine. <laughs> Oh, they've got diabetes one. If, if you were walking down the street and somebody fainted, would your first um, idea be to root through their bag? Yeah, loot. <laughs> well, this is the thing. This is the unfortunate thing about some people who have certain illnesses or disabilities where it presents itself as, you know, fainting or having a seizure or something. Often people confuse it with somebody who's drunk. Yeah. And they don't help because they don't, they think the person's kind of done it to themselves which is really sad and unfortunate um but yeah always loot that's what i said and they had that with johnny or someone when he got yeah. a, bit, a bit wibbly Weezy, wobbly yeah. and people thought he was so anyway drunk. um he says look i'm sorry i want to explain to you um some things that you didn't know i'm the person who broke into your flat so she's just so gullible she listens to everything he says meanwhile at speed dial billy's presenting todd with an engagement ring and Summer kills the mood by bringing Will downstairs. And she says, he's the guy who's rubbed the flat, but he wants to say he's sorry. And Will's like, yeah, I am. I'm really sorry. And Summer says, oh, Billy, won't you forgive him? And Todd goes, 
gulp. <laughs> Did he actually gulp? I was no, typing notes at this point. He didn't, but, um, but he should have done. It's the tradition. Classic 2020 Todd certainly would have gulped at yeah. that point. He's moved on he's since gone, then. He's gone a bit more subtle. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, George is listening to Eileen's... <laughs> Crony crickets. <laughs> Meanwhile, George is listening in to Eileen's woes about how... This was weird as well. I assume this is going to turn into something next week. Because apparently Jason's got himself involved in some kind of online bank scam over in Thailand. I thought it was that he's just invited Gail to stay with him. Gail says, can I just pop over to live with you? I'm coming to Thailand, Jason. He's like, yeah, sure, you can crash here for the night. But he finds himself that he's shacked up she with her. She scammed him. She, she's got an, a year there. of rent of his house or something. Yeah, I, I, I don't know whether there is any link here because Gail's gone to Thailand before and Eileen was there as well and they never mentioned it or, you know, there's no there's no reason why Gail would drop in on Jason, her arch nemesis son. No, not really. I, I think it's I just think it's really... Well, I think it's a bit weird, honestly, that of all the countries in the world and none of which we can actually go to because of COVID, <laughs> she's gone to the same country that now Eileen's talking about Jason being involved in a scam. Because, we, as far, you know, Jason is played by... Uh, Ryan... Ryan Giggs. Thomas. Who is not, as far as I know, coming back to the show. But he certainly would, you know... Yeah. I, I assume that he... I mean, he's not dead. He's, he's doing some work for his brother at the moment. He's doing some bit of... um online delivery stuff the last time we talked about him in the news. I don't know, but he's he's still um, in the entertainment profession. I don't think he's an actor at the he's moment. He's being a lad on holiday on TV. He's like white middle class people go on holiday genre of programmes yeah. that's all so much fun for everyone to watch. Um, so he um, he's in Thailand. He's been scammed. She's talking about this to George. He doesn't care. He tries to tell her about how Sean's a changed man and he misses living with her. And Eileen says, oh, maybe I should cut him some snack, actually. So Back to the main bit of the story. Will is, is scoffing dinner that's been bought for him in speed dial by idiot Billy, who, to be fair, has to legally forgive everybody. He's just very trusting. Because he's an archdeacon. Yeah. Um... And he's like, oh, yeah, everything's all forgiven. He's like, oh, yeah, because it's really sad for me at the moment because my mum's diabetic and I live in I live in a horrible house. And uh, Todd says, no, Billy says, oh, dear, I'll see what I can do about that. And he gets on his phone. I don't know who's phoning up, um, but he, he leaves them alone. He leaves Will alone with Todd. And Todd, uh, Will says, by the way, I still want my money. Thank you. After the meal... Todd warns Billy, some people don't change and they shouldn't get too close to Will and they should just sort him out of this flat and then just leave him alone. And then Todd starts to call people to try and arrange (laughs) arrange a loan. Paul sees Will, not happy about it, um, because obviously the last time he saw him, he was beating up his stepdad that was just a random man. Um, And he accuses him of setting him up and, and being in cahoots with Todd. And someone's like, no, no, that's not true. Paul confronts Billy about letting Summer hang around with this person who wrecked the flat. And he says, I know there's something not right going on here, but I can't put my finger on it. And Billy's not even listening. Gemma comes and drags him home. And uh, she says, come home. with got four filled four... nappies to change. And then she says, all that poo will calm you down. I don't know what... what what is Paul doing Just, with you know, this? Running your fingers through it. Oh, it's like... Maybe oh, yeah, nice and, it. Nice and soft and squidgy. Oh, that makes me feel just very <laughs> ill. 
Eileen comes into the Rovers later and Sean's going on about how great George is and then she says, she accuses them of being in the Mutual Appreciation Society for weirdos. I like that line, that was a good one. That was a good one. Todd is not getting anywhere with this loan. Billy comes in and tells him about Paul. Todd says he's just jealous. Then Todd breaks into the funeral parlour. Well, he, he uses the key. So... <laughs> Tries to help himself to the petty cash. But that is only five pounds in there. Can't believe it. There's only five pounds in the petty cash. Um, I don't know many people that pay for their funerals with cash. (laughs) Also, why is there five pounds in there? That's the thing. It's just for Bickies, isn't it? I know, but what's George needs a supply of chocolate hobnobs. I see. Like I thought that was their till. So someone's come on in and gone. What's the cheapest thing I can buy in here for five (laughs) pounds? They're like this plastic rose. Oh, there's a doorbell. I'm just going to go and answer the door. Be right back. It was a parcel for me. Anyway, where were you, Gemma? You Why are you know. making a speech about it? People need to know. There was a ding-dong at the door. Right, so he gets... He, then Todd gets a picture message from Will and it's him and Summer having a nice time and with TikTok written on it. Not the app, the clock noise. Yes. Time is running out, Todd. Yeah. Gives, gives them money. Gives his money. Paul and Gemma see Todd coming out of the funeral parlour. Paul says, um, I'm happy that Will is hanging around because it will give me a chance to find out all about what you're up to. Dun, dun, dun. Dum, dum, dum. So. Dum, 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 dum. We, we seem to be quite um, animated talking about this story this week, but maybe it was covering up the fact that we found it rather dull. Um... I, can, can I say now that I wasn't a massive fan of this week's Coronation Street on the whole, and the fact that this storyline was was the uh, you know the headliner this week didn't really help very much. When I, when we were talking just recently about um, first half of twenty twenty one in Coronation Street, I was thinking, oh, that does seem to be there's quite quite a lot of good stuff here. I don't know why I feel so generally down about it. Why did I give so many low scores and everything? And I think this particular story about the the twisted romance of Billy Todd and Paul is what really dragged Coronation Street down kind of spring this year. And yeah, seeing it again this week just reminded me that I'm I'm not really invested in this romantic, you know, who, who's Billy going to end up with in the slightest. I, I, I don't really know but what I it is. I thought you wanted Billy and Todd to stay together. Well, yeah, I do. I do. I'm happy. But the, but the problem is I've kind of assumed... You've resigned yourself I've resigned to myself to the fact that Todd is going to get caught out and Billy and Paul are going to end up together, which I really... Billy and Paul? Yeah, Billy oh, and yeah. Paul are going to end up together. And, I mean, there's they're now engaged, Todd and Billy, but I would still be not in the least bit surprised if, at the end of the year, it's Paul that's got that ring on his finger and, and Billy's taken him up the aisle, so to speak. Um, I just... I think that's going to happen. And I know sometimes I moan and whinge on about things that are just my predictions on Coronation Street. Um, but uh, it, it seems like that's obviously where it's going to go, don't you? I see this is the thing I kind of agree with you but I also I'm not sure whether that's really I don't know whether it's necessarily what's going to happen but it does feel it feels like Coronation Street wants us to be you know rooting for Paul rooting for Paul but I find that really really difficult Paul is just a gem, generally unlovely person I think in he, these stories in these stories that's it I don't like it when he has the weight of the world on him. And I, I like the idea of Paul. I think he seems like a pretty chill kind of guy, pretty cool dude. He's the sort of person that, you know, maybe I would like. 
maybe I'm just thinking of Peter Ashen as Nintendo obsession seems to be rivaling mine. But this story and the Kel story, when everything was just going wrong for him, he's he doesn't elicit my sympathy because he just kind of screws his face up and shouts at the world and gets angry. And that's the sort of person that I find it really difficult to sympathise with. And I'm watching this going, Billy, what? why? Why are you interested in... I know he's not at the moment, but surely he will be, interested in saving, falling in love with, spending the rest of your life with this kid who is... He's not a kid. I mean, what is he, 30-ish? He acts yeah, very he had his, he's he had his got 30th very birthday immature. last year, he? he? does come across as being super immature. He doesn't come across as being very bright. Nothing wrong with that, but certainly... I can't see what he and Billy would talk about. Because no. Billy seems like the sort of person who really likes to look at buttresses. And Paul looks like the sort of person who would just be eternally confused about where the butter was. <laughs> and and he just he gets angry and he, he punched that cupboard and everything. He it's was fine like, when he's working with Ed. Yes, absolutely. When Paul went off and he had those a couple of weeks where he was working under Adam, he still is working for him, isn't he? Yeah. He was great then. And when he was um, when he was there at the builder's yard well, and they were making was... fun of um, Seb and dressing him up in the bin bag. Yeah. Yes, it was it was cruel, blah blah blah. But it was kind of I, I could see that that was he was having it was he was he was having a good time there when, when he was. was... With Daniel. Was, with Daniel going, I don't know how to fix this cupboard yeah, door. That was great. There, there is a lot to like about Paul, but when. Dallas Paul is not. No, a fun, it's an really unendearing. And, mm. and like I said, I just don't think he's a great suit for Billy. This is the thing. The thing that Especially made, yeah. compared to Todd, who, since they've been together these past few months, and yes, I've known that Todd's methods for getting his claws into Billy were somewhat unscrupulous, I thought, well, it's. You know that's True that's that. how you that's how you get there. It's it's about it the fighting for your man, isn't it? <laughs> and and yeah, they they've been great together. They've been they've felt like you know intellectual match. I mean that they they've got very different outlooks on life in certain respects. Well, this is um, the trouble because there's going to be conflict about the wedding. I don't think either of them have thought about the fact that. Todd really probably does not care about getting married in a church. I don't think he doesn't. I think he probably doesn't care, but I think he would get married in a church if, he, if that's I, what Billy wants. But also, wants. I think that if I was Billy, I would be uncomfortable with the fact that Todd would be like, yeah, yeah, whatever, pray to your magic sky fairy. But I I've, couldn't really take it. I couldn't really get married with somebody who had such contempt for my beliefs as Todd does, because Todd has always been very, you know... He has, he rude has. ...rude and patronising to Billy about his religion. Yeah, I Although mean... Although they I, did pray the other day together. I can't remember why. Yeah, they did. Something I think maybe it was after... Happening. Probably after Seb. Um, whereas I suppose Paul has been a bit more accepting, but it's not like he's, you know, goes to church every Sunday or anything like that either. I don't, I don't know whether either of them would necessarily be the right match for the archdeacon of the parish. But it just, There's not very many eligible bachelors around the no. parish, though, are there? Ev- everything that I've seen of Billy and Todd together makes me think that they're a much better match. Yes, I agree with you, but still, not perfect. No, no, definitely not perfect. But this is the thing, so so we're being kind of forced into um, well, it's rooting the... for a an imperfect it... match over somebody else who's even worse. It's, it's, the whole, it's the whole team and rivalries thing, that the theme that Coronation Street is doing for this summer, isn't it? Are what, you on who... Team Todd or Team Paul? And there are loads of people that are on Team Paul. Lots of people really? are... Well, yeah, definitely. I've seen lots of people that are supporting it. I'm sure some of our listeners are saying, no, what are you talking about? Of course Billy and Paul are better match. They're both a lot more innocent, a lot nicer together. Paul's so uncomplicated. Um, the thing is, though... Um... 
as far as characters go, Todd is by far the most interesting of all three of these characters. Yeah. And to me, it makes no difference whether he's with Billy or not, because he's still really interesting. And in fact, it's probably more interesting to watch him scheming and get, trying to get revenge than it is him playing Happy Family. That's true. Do so. I want to see him tied down and be a family man? Maybe not. And there'd, there'd always be the, you know, the lingering possibility that he could you know, turn around and screw Billy and, and Summer over, possibly, or Scarper again, definitely. Uh, but I, I think that he he does deserve a bit of happiness because I think deep down, honestly, I truly believe that Todd is a good guy that's just made some really stupid choices over the years. I I'm think... remembering, you know, 2000s Todd before he even turned evil at all and know that there is a good good guy in there. And we, we've seen it through, like, the Phelan story and... and you know, when he came back from London and he had all these issues about what went on, why, what's turned him so nasty. Um, I, I I, totally believe in Todd and I want, I think he's the one that needs, you know, the redemption and maybe he could get that somewhat by staying with Billy. I don't know. I don't know. I just, I just don't see what, I don't get what Billy sees in Paul. I think Todd is one of these people who, unfortunately, the way they relate to the world is in a very manipulative and Machiavellian manner. So he he couldn't play... He couldn't sort of have a honest relationship if he tried, I don't think, because his brain just doesn't work like that. Mm. This is what I was saying before about when we had Yasmin and um, Jeff. And I was saying, I'd, like, a lot of the stuff that Jeff is doing here is not even consciously uh, plotted or he's not he's not, like, choosing to do this because he knows that the what's going to happen it's just that his natural way of interacting with people is so corrupted and um yeah. malevolent it's 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 not even a conscious decision so with same with Todd I don't think he consciously decides to be evil but his way of relating with the world is so screwed up by whatever's happened to him that it's just inevitable that he can't have a healthy relationship. Mm. He needs some counselling. <laughs> um, so do you, I mean, do you think, do you agree, do you think that it's going to be Paul with the ring on his finger this year? I just, this where it's gonna I've go? always just wondered whether um, Todd and Paul would end up together as a joke, but I think that might be a bit too far. Yeah, at the end of the day, to be honest, I'm so nonplussed by all of this I, d- I wouldn't necessarily care if none of them end up together but I, I don't think we're supposed to think that I, sp- I think we're I think supposed, we're supposed to, be to really be caring about who's, yeah. who's with who and also I mean Summer's the important one in all this it's got to be someone who she's going to get on with but honestly she she likes from what I've seen she likes Todd just as much as she likes Paul and maybe she relies on Paul for some things more than Todd but I I do think that, that she's had a great relationship with both of them so it's it's kind of moot really Yes, maybe. I, I I don't think that Paul would ever let Summer down, and I think Todd certainly has the potential for that. But you know, she's growing up. She's she's going to be an adult in a couple of years. So get over it. Yeah, um, Will being back. Happy to see him again, or just a face that needed to stay in the past. And AJ, I suppose. I guess it's unfinished business mm. in a way. They, they need him back for. Billy to inevitably discover what Todd has been doing. Yeah, and once it comes out, which it obviously will, huh, um, Billy can will ha- have no choice but to say to Todd, I can't. Because it's one thing, the thing is, it's one thing sort of being unscrupulous and lying to Billy to manipulate him into a relationship, perhaps it'd be forgivable, I don't know. But it's quite another thing to basically ruin Paul's life, which is what Todd did. Mm. 
And I don't think it's up to Billy to forgive somebody for doing that to somebody else. This is where I would have... If I was Billy, that's where I'd have the problem because, you know, it's not... It's Paul... It's down to Paul to say... And Paul's not going to forgive Todd. No, but... Billy is very, very forgiving. I mean, he, well, he, he forgave Will just this week, despite supposedly being the one to cause Summer nearly getting getting killed earlier this year. So well, he I mean, could, and was... he has in the past, forgive Todd, you know, just like that. Well. he It wouldn't surprise me if he did turn around and say, yeah, well, as well, Todd was able to manipulate him into saying, oh, well, you know, means justify the ends. We, we are good for each other. Oh, how complicated. Oh, what, what a wicked web. Yeah. Deceit and misery. But it's just not that, it's not that interesting, is it? It's quite, I'm well, sorry to say. In theory, it's interesting. But at the end of the day, if you're not that fussed about the characters mm. and you don't really care who Billy ends up with, you're not going to get as much out of this. Yeah. As I'm, you... I'm more invested and, and sadly feeling that I'm, con- I'm constantly being shortchanged in the Eileen and George pairing. Because I, they're I can't couple. believe that they haven't got together this yet. This is the thing I was just about to say. They're another couple where I'm. I don't. I thought they were already going out with each other. No, they're just slowly, they're slowly farting they, around. They are. Doing. I mean, uh, maybe it's just because George is uh, is used to going slowly when he's walking in front yeah. of the hearse, and he thinks that he has he to take that to his relationships as well. But for heaven's sake, he's been in the show for eight, nine months now, and it's been and fairly obvious from the beginning who he's going towards. But and she's single, terminally single. Yeah. So I don't know who, what she's trying to... He seems like he could be finally a good guy for her. I don't think he's got some nasty secret or the potential to oh, go will bad do. or anything. You know, at some He point, does have some skeletons in his closet. Be like... Maybe he hooks them out of the, <laughs> hooks them out of the coffins, maybe. In about... about uh, I'm going to predict, around October time, somebody is going to come into the funeral parlour and they're going to say to Todd, I need to speak to George immediately. And then George will come out and go my God, it's Agnes or something, and it will be some kind of horrible family secret that is over in about mm. three weeks. I, maybe, maybe. He, he seems pretty... He seems like he'd be a nice match for Eileen. I know, of but course, but they, Michael, they're just not this giving is so... them. They're just not giving them enough screen time, and, and I wonder whether there have been, you know, the pure speculation why we've not seen very much of George or Eileen over the last seven, eight, eight months. Is it COVID-related? I don't know, but they need to pick up the pace because it's it's pretty glacial at the moment, um, and there's only so much of this I can take. Let's maybe get them together next week. Come on, because Eileen has been... Yeah, she's not done much recently. I think it could be sweet. I like the idea of it being sweet. Um, I'm, not, I'm not fussed with the whole, with the short one, if he goes and lives with Eileen, whatever. I don't really care about that. But please, Eileen and George, that would be lovely. You ready to we move on to the next story? I think yeah. we talked about this one long enough. So, who is he? Slash, um, stretched Armstrong. Shirley Houston is back. We've had um, teasers as of her over the past few months, haven't we? Appearing on Zoom calls or whatever it is that they use in Weatherfield. Um, Izzy's to show back, that... but they only wrote a script for one scene. They just had her perform the same scene. It did feel all a bit week. like that this week. I got really fed up with this towards the end. I liked. I was the... thrilled to see Izzy back. I really like the imaginative and creative way that they've. In, um, reintroduced her to the show to keep her safe at home so if you don't know Izzy is played by Shirley Houston Houston, who is filming from her own home yes and Fergus is her real life partner yeah very clever so very clever 
Um, I assume he's a professional actor. He is, he is. Um, otherwise, the union's going to have to be getting involved in this. Because <laughs> we can't have that all the way back to Thunderbirds when we have fake hands. Can't be having that. Got to have real actors. Yes. Yes. So that's it. That's all I've got to say. <laughs> but, but the I way found that the story, the story has... was ridiculous. It's, it was dragged out a little bit. I was, want, I was honestly, waiting for more. The story felt like a bunch of brownies in a pack trying to organise a blooming camping trip I think and you... squabbling with each other and, and never coming to any kind of logical conclusion. You had more of a problem with it than I did. Let, let's, let's go over what happened first. So we had Monday, Carla... Um, making herself at home in the factory because she is now the majority shareholder at Underworld. Sarah's nose is being right out of joint. And Carla says, look, we just need to stop squabbling, try to be a team. And this is put to the test this week with Izzy because she's been working on some samples back at home and she needs to show them to, is it Joe Defoe? Joe Defoe, something Dorgy like that. Dorgy um, the, 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 the... Big client. P- client person, yeah. Mistake number one, putting your most crucial piece of work in the hands of an employee who yes up until now has has you said been one of your best um, and she's a proper long-termer isn't she but who is not under your actual control or supervision and you can't check her progress and she keeps telling you that she's behind and you're still putting her in charge of these apparently crucial samples has she been saying she's behind yes I thought she's was well, she's saying they're nearly ready, hasn't she? Maybe no, because we need at the some beginning video of the week, I'm pretty sure this. that Sarah's saying, yeah, she she said she was having trouble. Okay, okay. So Sarah Sarah says that we need these in an hour, so she's starting to panic about the fact that they're still not there in her hands yet. Um, we we because she she gets this she has this phone call, doesn't she, with the Zoom call or whatever? And well, Izzy's that's how like, Izzy appears. They're nearly yeah. there. So um, but just then to explain all... that Izzy appears on the screen. In Zoom calls and also there's a camera in her house yeah. as well, a professional... And be- before we forget it, can we just talk about that scene where Carla's Zooming Izzy at one point on her tablet. Sarah's sitting opposite Carla in the desk. No, and she's Sally. Ca- oh, Sally, isn't it? She's yeah. sitting opposite her on the desk with this photograph of Peter. Peter. And it looked like Peter was joining in it. It looked like Sally was well. going, is this how you do a Zoom? <laughs> anyway... Um, Sarah um, clocks this strange man in the background and this gets tongues waggling up until we, Listen, the, the reveal of who it is on Wednesday. A repeated... The re- scene repeats throughout the whole week. Izzy's on, week. Izzy's on Zoom call. They ask her an awkward question. A man appears and she quickly hangs up. Yes. This happens over and over again. And I'm completely on Carla's side here. Totally sympathise with, with Izzy and her situation. But you have to communicate what the issue is. And, you know, spoiler alert, the end of, at the end of this, I'm just wondering, it seems to me that Izzy is in pain and she can't keep up with her work. Why on earth is she not using her sick leave or she's not being given time off? Because she clearly needs it and she deserves time to heal I don't get it. Why are they keep? Why do they keep trying to force her to do work that she doesn't even have to do? I, I'm guessing that this, she's worrying that she could. She's only got maybe a certain amount of sick leave. The or, thing is, everybody then, has a certain amount of sick leave guaranteed to you by law. But the way that Carla and Sarah run their business, I can certainly imagine them having an arrangement with an employee that they already have given accommodations to because of her disability, having an arrangement with her whereby they say. And they kept asking her, are you ill? Do you need more time? Are you okay? Is it your EDS? And she kept saying, no, no, no. She's just being a trooper, isn't she? She doesn't want to let the side down. She doesn't want to admit 
that she's struggling. Because she, this is something that she has had to deal with the whole of her I life. I understand and she, that. She went through all of these struggles and it was only five years ago we realised that she needed a couple of spliffs to ease the pain. So she's had to hide this. But I've said this before and I'll say it again and unfortunately this is the truth. You have to be your own advocate. If you If you are mentally capable, which Izzy is... You have to advocate for yourself and your health and to your profession, to medical professionals and your employers. You cannot, you cannot expect other people to do it for you mm. because they can't, they don't live in your body and they don't know. And if you've got somebody, somebody like Carla and Sarah who are sympathetic and would believe you, because I, I also understand that there are situations whereby people have no sympathy for people with Absolutely. chronic illnesses. Absolutely, which they don't is why they're highlighting And they can't this even issue. understand what it's like to live in constant pain and to worry about dislocating your joints and to, to, st- to stress about this. But this is the thing. In this situation with these characters, this story makes no sense. The same thing that happened with Sean's storyline of being homeless. I think maybe up until this point, Izzy's been able to string Sarah along a bit because Sarah has been maybe a little bit gullible about it. Maybe she's just being very, very accommodating and... But she's Possibly. not helping anybody, is no, she? No, and now, now Carla's boss, is he suddenly panicking? Oh, I've got to pull my socks up. I can't. Because, because Carla's sort of said, well, if that's the case, then everybody's going to have to pull the sack. Mm. And, and now there, there are consequences because... Oh, anyway, I just find this whole thing was just feels... It really could have been shoddy. done better, but I, I I didn't have as big a problem. I, I like the idea you. of I like the idea behind it, and I think it's really important. But I just think again, Coronation Street has taken a really important issues based storyline and plotted it badly with so many holes and illogical bits. It's to it. early days, yes. so Sarah reckons that Izzy's got a new man, and Carla isn't happy about this because she thinks that Izzy is spending more time canoodling than she should be when she should be knicker stitching. Yeah. So Carla goes over to the bistro to meet with Joe Defoe, um, massively stalling because the samples still haven't arrived. Finally, Kirk arrives with this massive box just in time and says, there you go, I've just been round Izzy's house. Izzy's been bashing them out all, all day and Carla's like, no, she has not. They're, 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 she's been working very diligently on them. It's fine, don't worry about them. These are, these are, yeah, but then when Joe inspects them, she's not impressed with the stitch work there. Um, the, the gussets all coming out or I don't know, whatever it is. I don't understand pants. Carla bluffs that it must be a box of rejects that um, Izzy has um, given to Kirk by mistake, but she promises she will send the actual knickers over to Joe first thing in the morning. Joe's not really happy that she's had her afternoon wasted, but she she agrees to this and then I don't off. understand also, this is a box of samples, right? Can't Carla just go, right, these are just rough samples. Do you like this? Obviously, when we do it for real, I we don't will think so. I don't think that would fly. Really? Yeah. I think if you're going to give samples, it needs to be pretty much okay, what the actual right thing so is going to be. Maybe with a big sample okay, stamps yeah. over the front when of it. When you go to like, you know a shop and they go hey here's your little sample of a, of a cup of tea you don't go well this is crap i'm not gonna eat, drink tea of a thimble no but if you're gonna get a sample of a cup of tea then you don't want it to be as watery as heck do you or you know i know but then they can say you can make this how you like no no i i'm, I'm on joe's side for this i would expect top quality if i'm being given samples so anyway carla goes back to the off the, the the factory giving the boxes to sarah 
Um, and Nathan, she says, look, Izzy is spending far too much time with this new bloke in her life. It, it depends on what the sample is supposed to demonstrate. Because to me, I thought it was a sample to say, this is the style and the colour and the the, stip, the, um, the the lace trim. But you're saying, saying this, this is a sample of the finished product and this yeah, is what they will look like. Th- th- this is a sample of underworld quality manufacturing here. And when you when you sign up with Underworld and you work with us, then you are going to get this quality. Well, number one failed completely because they didn't have any quality control process on this. They did not. I so, don't know who's in really, charge of Joe, Joe should run a mile, to be honest. Yeah. I, mean, it, I, I can't remember. Haley used to be in charge of quality control, I think. They I need remember. to get Creed on the case. They do need to get Creed, yeah, absolutely. Anyway, um, Carla's saying, look, Izzy just needs to come back to work. She's been vaccinated now. She's safe. We've got all the health and safety measures, the risk assessment. I actually think that she should be fine to come back here. And Sarah says, look, we can't just tell her to come back. We need to kind of ask her in a way that makes it sound like she's being given the option. And Carla's like, right, you get right on that, Sarah. You you talk to her and tell her without telling her she needs to be back in this office as ASAP. So Sarah calls Izzy again, puts the idea to her. She doesn't seem sure about this. And well, she's, she's very cagey. She, well, she does. Sarah asked you about this bloke in the background again. And she, Izzy's very, um, yeah, very cagey about this. Um, she puts the phone down. And then when she does, blokey is there. Fergus is his name. Um, and she he says to her, right, you don't want to go back until... You're ready. It's time. I don't know whether there's any kind of um, whether what Fergus's deal is, and is he is is there a bit of um, what's it called? It um, when you uh, when you you get to like your hostages. What's that? Such what's that called? Stockholm syndrome. So I wonder whether there's this and whether Fergus is you know being creepily obsessed with Izzy, and he's like, no, I can't cope without you because we what we haven't had very much That's of this really week interesting concept. is. Uh, just to scenes without Sarah or Carla, just literally Fergus and Izzy chatting together. There's been yeah. tiny snippets of it, but what I'm looking for, and I need to have to happen next week, really, because I don't think we're supposed to be suspicious of Fergus, but I am, is, uh, yeah, I, I need to see a scene where they're talking about it properly together and we can really get underneath Izzy's skin, find out what's the deal with Fergus, why is he constantly round there? Is it... You're right, I never really thought of that. I don't think that's the case, but it would be a really good twist if it turns out that she was... The thing is, though, this this comes on the kind of heels of a coercive control storyline, and I don't think... That yeah, they suspect have... everyone. I know, but the thing is, though... I'm this primed would... for it. This would be along the lines of Mary and Norris, where it's a comedy, like, creepy person yeah. overstepping boundaries, but after having done the issues-based storyline of coercive control... Um, I don't know whether it would land or and we've got it with Corey as well with Asher yeah. we did do before he got banged up but you know well, this, this is another moment, example anyway. of Coronation Street mixing issues and non-issue storylines and becoming a bit inconsistent so later we'll talk about Daisy and Ryan's storyline yeah. and the way that ends you can read it in many different ways and I think Coronation Street would like you to read it in a very sinister and unpleasant manner but Unfortunately, in the past, these kind of things have been played off as a kind of very inconsequential. Mm, mm. So I feel sometimes wrong-footed a little bit by Coronation Street um, 
yeah, the, the inconsistency that sometimes happens. But equally, I don't want everything to be an issue storyline. No. And I don't want them to give up on tackling issue storylines because I find them the most interesting. Yeah. So, um, end of the episode, Carla basically says, we're going to have to let Izzy go if she carries on being such a massive flake. So, Tuesday, Sally talks to Kirk about missing Izzy. She's she's lamenting the lack of, um, of, uh, of Izzy-ness in the office. Um, she feels like she's losing touch with her, which again, I think is certainly something that has happened with lots of workers who had to be shielding over the past 12 months. They feel felt less and less connected to their office, to their colleagues. So I, I think this was, this was nice to be able to show this. Um, and, and there's also a scene, I can't remember that it was Tuesday or, or Friday's episode where Sally's giving Izzy a bit of a tour on her phone of the office, which was cute. Um, anyway, Izzy starts the episode by phoning up Sarah. She's got a new new organiser of Filofax or something that tells her when her orders need to be done by. I don't know why she didn't have that already, but that really anyway, baby steps, Izzy. Um, as soon as Sarah mentions Carla, though, um, Izzy freezes and ends the call, so she does not like the idea of this new boss being on her case. Um, oh yeah, it was straight after this. This is when Sally gets um, or gives the, the the virtual tour to Izzy. Well, she's trying to sort of make her see that it's not scary and. Mm. I I want to I wanted to know because I I don't know when exactly Izzy started shielding, but when she was giving her the tour of the factory, how much of it did she see? Because this new design of the factory. Happened, uh, happened around soon. about the same time yeah. that she went home. So she's not going to have loads of memories of uh, of, of this office because it's really, it looks somewhat different to the underworld that she's used to. But never mind, that's neither here nor there. So um, Izzy's getting a bit teary at the moment. She she wants to be back. I felt I, did, I don't know what this tear, tears were for. I think it was just like all oh, my mates she are gets there, and I literally I can't see and them. Hangs up. Yeah, she does. Blokey's there again. Fergus. I've just referred to him as Blokey in the notes because we didn't have a name for him. Um, Izzy wants to use his printer. We'd ever find out what for? Did we? Didn't did we? No. Did we? Or maybe I missed it. I don't know. Maybe someone can tell us. Um, Gary comes to the factory later. He is also. Um, concerned about Izzy because she decides she's uh, contacted him and said look can you look after Jake full time um Sally's like is is she is she worried about juggling Jake and um working back at the factory is is this much of a problem for her um so Gary goes round to Izzy's place her flat knocks on the door no answer still very very suspicious about how Fergus at the moment is he is he cutting is he being overprotective See, of this her? is the trouble about a lot of these storylines, is there's a really interesting issues-based storyline here about, you know, how do you cope if you've got disabilities? Do people really genuinely understand what you're going through? Can they ever really? No, no I don't think so. Um, what, how do you ask for help? What help is available? How do you accommodate, you know, childcare and working full-time and having to go to appointments or, you know, mm. how how do you get food if you can't leave the house? But same thing that happened with bloody, I keep saying Sean about Sean's storyline, it just turns into someone has problem, does not tell other people what problem is until it comes out and then the problem gets solved. That's how this always seems to go. All the, All of the interesting parts just kind of turn into so-and-so has a secret. The secret is they've got a problem. Then as soon as they tell somebody what the problem is, the problem goes away. That's not how real life works. I, Do you I, know what I'm trying to I, say? I, yeah, I, I, totally, I totally get what you're trying to say, but I can also see how somebody in Izzy's position could get over-reliant on somebody who is physically there 
when she's got nobody physically there. I know, but you're talking about a different plot, aren't you? What do you mean? I'm talking about the plot of Izzy's... Um, Izzy's like, I, I don't want to go back to work because I don't think I can cope. But I won't tell anybody. I will just keep avoiding the problem um, until it comes to a head and then everyone finds out and then it all turns out to be fine. You're talking about um, Fergus yeah. kind of getting himself into a situation whereby he likes being um, the carer yeah. of Izzy and therefore doesn't want anyone else to interfere and Izzy starts to be isolated from her friends. Yeah, so she doesn't so, tell So, yeah, them. well, we're talking about two okay. completely different things. It's slightly, slightly linked. Well, anyway. no, well, we, yes, but we don't know which one of these things, no. if not both of them or neither. Yeah, okay, I get it. So, anyway, Fergus himself ends up for, uh, calling Sarah later. He says this, he's on the loo. I don't think anyone went to the toilet in the soap, so no. revelation there. She um, thinks she's Carla. This is, yeah, yeah. This is where we learn a little bit more about him and the fact that he is the next door neighbour. Last year, as he had a fall, he helped her and he's insisting that she's not ready to return to work yet. And then, then Izzy comes back from the bog um, and, and Fergus makes a hasty exit. He obviously isn't, he didn't want her to find out that he's been talking to her boss. And again, Izzy is very, very teary and this is when she drops the bombshell that she needs to resign from maybe Underworld. Maybe this is what she was printing out, her resignation. Oh yeah, may, yeah, maybe it was, maybe it was. So Sarah goes and tells Carla that forcing Izzy into work has just led to her quitting and says look what we have done she also updates her on what she's learned about blokey from next door and at the end of the episode sally sarah and kirk are en masse all three of them wow a bubble um, yeah the, the bubble of workers are allowed in the scene together no either clough here you know, no. b- building up the ranks um come and says right carla this isn't fair we're worried about Isab- uh, isabel izzy um can you call her and say that everything's okay because she's worried that you think that she's not up to the job. And Carla says, look, I'll support Izzy if she needs it, but I'm not going to be strong-armed into contacting her by you, thank you very much. Yeah, there was a bit of ego here from Carla. Yeah. But I'm kind of on her side because Izzy's just quit without talking to anybody about her situation, and I don't think that's right either. Yeah. And yeah. I don't, I don't think it's fair that if you have a disability, it's on you to have to do this, but... I'm sorry, that's what that's how it is. And it's not it isn't fair. And some people who are less capable will have a support worker or a social worker that will help them to navigate these things. But but Izzy doesn't have that, so presumably there's not a need for it or one hasn't been identified yet. But you have to be able to communicate with people who are asking you specifically, do you have an issue? Can what can we do? And if your response is I quit I, I think that she's just like becoming be... more and more, know, and by no fault of her own, isolated. And, it, and, and the it's harder. Toll, the and mental the, toll of... of socially you know. contacting people and but saying these honest, things is tough. I mean, I'm, I'm a re- I think I'm a really nice person and I probably would end up being like Sarah and trying to fix this. But I think Carla's not wrong. I, d- I don't... I, I'm not, you know... Carla's basically going... I'm not not on Carla's side. She, you know... We can do we can we can work around this if we know what that what to work around, but it's not really my job to be nice and counsel people and she even says that I think at one point. Like she's not a counselling service, she's trying to run a business. Mm. If you if you ask someone what do you need me to do to get this to work out and they say, I quit I don't know, 
accept the resignation. Mm. Well, Carla's solution that we find out on Friday, she seems to be uh, fairly accommodating in that she tells Izzy... Is no, it she Carla doesn't. or Sarah? No, this is stupid. They say there's an extended deadline. They lie to her and get yeah. her to work on something, which I don't even know is if it's a real thing. I don't know what work she's doing, but she's everyone else is doing work Everyone's as well. picking up the slack for her. So presumably they're getting Izzy to do nothing that useful or busy work. Yeah, can you can you um sew these Emperor's new knickers? Yeah. You won't be able to see them. They're camouflage. But they're brilliant. Yeah. Um so yeah. I she... just really it really makes me mad. They need just need to say to her, Look, it seems like you are suffering at the moment. Would you like to take some holiday? Would you like to take some sick leave? Mm. You need to take some time off work. I don't know how long she's been working at the factory. She she probably could have a sabbatical if she wanted to. Yeah, maybe. She needs to go and see but... her doctor. She's obviously got... I mean, there's no... You know, it's all very well me saying that. There are, you know, there's not... People live in constant pain. You can't just always have painkillers and it works instantly and it, everything goes away and everybody's happy clapping. It's the same as what I was saying about poor Summer. Mm. Um, but at the same time, you it, have it to... may be that she's she's already had this. Had what? Had to time off. She's had a sabbatical. We don't know. Maybe no, we do. I don't know. But um, and I now she's kind of has to come back, all... and she's still struggling. But they haven't said that on the show. As far as you remember, no. That, that that's basically it, isn't it? For Friday, everyone at the factory is kind of you know, well, look, this working is the thing. extra hard. This is the interesting thing because. Um, Sally kind of represents the workers because we haven't seen any, anyone actually doing anything apart from Sally. Mm. And she's saying, oh, we need to help Izzy out. And then and then Carla says, okay, we do. This is what we need to do then. You need to work harder and do this and the other thing. And now, actually, Sally is being forced to do extra work. She doesn't want to help Izzy out anymore. She's complaining about it and saying that we had to work through, through our, our lunch. This is illegal, lunch. isn't illegal. it? But at the end of the day, if if you're workforce some of them aren't working what you know and and the production has to remain the same what's the solution this is the thing where sally's kind of like being this kind of empty-headed happy like uh, you know disney kind of person where she's saying everything will be fine we just need to be kind to, to izzy and and accommodate her and then Carla says well this is the reality then you have to work harder than you have done before and then Sally's like oh no not like that well then like how like mm. what what are you suggesting maybe there is something else going on with Izzy that we still don't know about because I hope so because on the there surface must, there here, must be another all reason all this is is a bunch of people who are all being really stupid and none of them have been stupid like this in the past well, Sarah, maybe. Sarah's the one who's, like, the most logical <laughs> um, in, in character, where she's like, I don't know. Yeah, but I, I don't know. Izzy is just acting so, so suspicious. And, Kate, and and yes, unprofessional. I would, the fact, if she's putting her phone call, her phone down, if she's hanging this up really on her boss me, yeah. multiple times. How many other people would get away with? Maybe she does need to, you know, have a bit of a reprimanding. Honestly, I mean, I don't... I don't know if it's... Un- the thing is, Izzy hasn't been like this before. If I was Izzy's boss, I would be really worried about this situation and I'd be having a conversation with her and I'd say, this is like an informal warning that you cannot 
like duck out of conversations you can't put the phone down on me if we've got a scheduled call you have to make sure that you're available well izzy's avoiding that whole thing by resigning isn't she or trying to resign but this is what like if if izzy had had issues like this in the past where she had you know she had had problems communicating and she hadn't been forthright with her situation and she had turned in shoddy work then they would have been able to anticipate this and perhaps work around this because um, you make accommodations for people. But because she's acting so completely out of character, I just think it's weird Which that nobody's calling her out on it. Which is why I hope there is some other it. kind of mystery. And, and I hope that Fergus isn't just there to be a friend. I mean, so so far, really, the character of Fergus isn't necessarily needed for this. Yes, it no. added a little bit of mystery well, no, and is she getting jiggy when she should be getting to. stitchy. But she hasn't had the talking to, no, has she's she? she's just been talked at. She has been talked at and there's been very, very little conversation between Izzy and Fergus, which is what I, which is what I say we, we need. So I, I'm giving this story the benefit of the doubt and I'm looking forward to seeing where it's going next week. To, to be quite frank, this was the story out of all of the ones this week that when this story came on, I was like, oh, what's, like, oh, what's, what's going to happen thing here? Is, though, oh, there's it was Izzy. the same thing over and over again with Izzy putting the phone down all the time. I found it that it was. So by the time we got to the end of the week, it was like, oh, here we go again. But yeah, yeah definitely. When Izzy came on the screen this week, I perked up, which is very, very unusual for Izzy because we've not necessarily been 100% complimentary of the character in the past. I'm really, really happy that she's come back. I think this is great that they are tackling this. It's a proper COVID-related storyline, isn't it? Which had been few and far between on Coronation Street, which is completely understandable. I think that getting um, her, getting um, Toby, who's... Um, Shirley's partner to play Fergus is a great idea I love how they're showing her flat there's so many things that are right about this story and and when because they started promoting this at the beginning of last week and I didn't know this was happening and I thought wow this is fantastic I I, I'm giving it an awful lot of leeway and um I'm hoping that next week they'll be able to deliver on the the promise of a decent story here and something that will make us think but also be soapy as well and if if Fergus is actually you know keeping a hostage for want of a better word then maybe that could be quite interesting because he seems like he's being played as a bit of an oddball character isn't he he seems like a bit of a Roy Cropper-ish neighbour mm. as in how Roy was when he was first introduced as as Deirdre's loopy neighbour back in 95 or whenever it was um yeah I, I'm interested in this I, I really really am um I'm also wondering, and just, you know, not that this is important at all, has Izzy moved house at some point? Because we have seen her living in a bungalow before. And we've seen her front room, if you remember back to, like, the scenes where she ran over that policeman in her wheelchair. Um, yeah, the Ness, she's referred to as living in a flat. And we saw, we saw Gary going. She's got a neighbour in a flat. So does she still live at Grayling Street anymore? Possibly not. And I think it's quite lucky that it all ties up that Izzy does live away from the street. Because if it's, if in all this time Izzy was supposed to be living in one of the terraces, this wouldn't work, would it? No. Unless it's like, oh, we're finally seeing the uh, the secret office that's in number six Coronation Street that's never been shown before. Well, not six, you know, one of the odd numbers. Um, but yeah, very, very convenient that she's literally the only character, the only major character that, that lives off of the street so they can maybe get away with having her move house without mentioning it or just you know assume that most viewers won't pick it up but yeah. I did I notice everything I see well all well no, that's not true at all sometimes the answer is slapping me in the face and I don't notice because there's a lot to take in 
Should we move on to the next story? I mean, I just want the only other thing I want to say is, is that you know I, I probably sound really um, unkind and uncharitable towards Izzy. I just think that you know in the past she's been honest about her situation, and it's very strange. I don't know if this is a COVID mental health story. I certainly can completely sympathise with Izzy, but there's lots of so many different things going on here. We don't know what's actually happening. Like, is Izzy physically incapable of doing the work? Because it's physical work that she's employed to do. Yeah. Because her the pain is too great. That's one thing. Is she scared of catching COVID and she just want to come back? That's another thing. Is is are her fears unrealistic to the point where? She's sort of become agoraphobic because of um Yeah, being that's worried. what I think it is. Yeah. Is she being controlled by her neighbour? There's all these different things and I don't know what it what it is, but it just um mm. is and also the I... other thing is there was one scene that was really confusing where Carla said something about having is he resigning or something? And then she said she was joking, and then she wasn't joking. Oh, yeah, I, I got and it, very confused and by what's going on. And resigned there. at least tw- once, and but she's still working there by the end of the week, despite them not actually having come up with a workable solution for what the issue is because number one they don't know what it is and number two the issue, the solution seems to be to get Izzy to do fake work while everybody else works their lunches. <laughs> okay, let's let's move on to the next story then. Over to you, Gemma. <laughs> So the next story is the Ryan Giggs storyline. Monday, what happens? You just tell me. Well, it's your turn. Ryan's in his pants, and I'm sure that lots of viewers appreciated the fact that finally Ryan Prescott got to do a topless shot on Coronation Street. He's holding a rave for the local blue tits, according to Alia, in his pants. She catches him and says, I've found you a job, proper job. You can go and do some work at the Bistro, some bar work, but he's not keen on getting a proper job quote unquote um but he ends up relenting and uh, i mean it's probably best isn't it to to stave off alia's um eventual nagging so he goes to put, go and put some clothes on um and then, and then he goes and uh he, he fills out a job application at the rovers later um and but daisy has got bigger plans for him her suggestion is to bring the pub to your garden complete with a dj so it's it was some kind of mobile djing thing is that right? I don't really get what it was. A we, man stands in your garden and plays music at you and charges you money to give you beer. Yeah, I think so. I I, I didn't think it was a bad idea. It's I, I I was I was a little unsure about just how um, tied into the Rovers it was. Was this part of the Rovers deal or was Daisy? Because she kind of called herself his manager later, didn't she? But the whole is thing it some kind of independent thing from him working there? And doing this on the side as part of the Rovers to him having his own business. Yeah, yeah. And D- Daisy helping him. Yeah, then because we 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 see Daisy putting the idea to Jenny later, um, who, who's not completely sure about it, but decides to think about it. She's coming around to the idea later, um, and but Alia, when she comes into the pub and hears about it, she's not particularly sure about it, and and Daisy's like, no, Ryan's good. He's bound to be a success. So she's really, really bigging him up, and I don't know whether she's actually thinks that this is genuinely a brilliant idea, or whether this is all just part of um, her plot to give a rave for the blue tits in his pants in her bedroom, or not. So Tuesday. Um, it was all about finding pictures that they could use to promote the business. And Ryan's there looking on 
looking on his phone in the Rovers again. Alia comes into the pub and she's all excited because Debbie has allegedly said to her that um, Ryan can do some part-time work job, job stuff, as an assistant manager at the Bistro. Part-time assistant manager and also barman or something. Um, so there you go, Ryan. You should really be doing that and not doing this silly DJ malarkey. Daisy isn't happy with the idea um and well nor is ryan he doesn't he he wants to stick with this dj it's his passion it's well, his life well the trouble is all of these things will take place at the same time so working in the rovers working in a restaurant and working as a dj are all sort of afternoon and evening jobs they are the nighttime entertainment you can't really do some of them in the morning no to work around it no um so they, they but he... alia did try to compromise what what did she say? Well, by saying part time. Oh yeah, yeah, part time. Yeah, definitely, definitely. But she doesn't really get. She doesn't really get it. No. But she's kind of right because this is kind of a, a dumb idea. Well, she calls it his hobby, doesn't she? Was that this week or last week? She referred I don't to remember, it as the hobby. But, um, but he doesn't appreciate this, that because he's a serious DJ. Well, if he's being employed, the thing is, if he's being employed by the Rovers to do this, then it's in fact there's no risk involved. But he also can't profit from a success. I guess she's also thinking about you know. What's your long-term goals? Where do you see yourself in five years, Ryan? Are you going to provide for me and my future family? Well, she wants to move out. She keeps saying this. Yeah. She wants a flat with him. And he really feels as though he's restarting his career again. Because the thing is, if he's a DJ, he can't just go back and say, oh, yeah, I used to do this. You know, he has to have a current portfolio of... Yeah. Success. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, well, they Daisy and Ryan get an idea to um, how they can promote this thing properly when they um, when they twigged it. It's Simon's eighteenth birthday. I feel Simon got a bit short change with his eighteenth this week. Do we do we we saw him in like two scenes? Did we? I can't. Firstly, I can you believe that Simon is actually eighteen? I I suppose we knew it was coming up this year. Maybe we even talked about it in the predictions. I don't know. But usually the. Um, there's a bit more of a rites of passage, especially when a long-term character hits hits 18. Well, it was also interesting because Amy and Simon are discussing their inheritance. Oh, yeah. What was that all about? Well, it seems like Grandma Deirdre left them significant amount of money in the will, but only for the purposes of self-improvement and education. Was that what it was? I missed I missed what was happening there. So they can only use it to go to university or job training or something okay. like that. I was wondering as well whether, like, um, Simon's, Simon's real mum, don't tell me, Anne, Lucy, also might have left him something that matures when he becomes 18, but that, that didn't get brought up. 18's not old enough to be sensible. <laughs> no, not if you're Simon. I don't even think 38's old enough to be sensible, but nobody asked my opinion on these things. Thank goodness. <laughs> anyway, Ryan's playing this gig in Victoria Gardens, Victoria Park, as we said earlier, and he, he's got big plans for this. He's kind of got his deck set out where the, the bench is, he's got his flashing lights and everything. Simon smoke and Amy machine. are quite impressed by this. Yes, smoke machine. Um... Simon kind of says, oh, I've not really told all my mates about this because they've got some p- proper party on Saturday or something. Um, so it looks like not many people are going to turn up for it. Um, but we didn't, we didn't get to see any of this party, did we? we, we the saw... main thing that happened was the dress debacle. Can you explain this? Because It wasn't very good. I don't think they did this very the well. The spotty black dress debacle. Earlier in the, week, in the episode... Daisy tells Alia to get herself a nice outfit for the pictures and she says she knows somebody in the precinct who 
owns an expensive dress shop and she's pregnant or something and she needs to sell her stock. So if Alia mentions Daisy's name, then she'll get a good discount on a dress. But it was all a setup because Daisy's plan was to wear the same dress as Alia, but in a in a more sexy way with I a shorter see. hem. So to to get Ryan to see who wore it better, who exactly. wore it sexier. Right. Number one, Ryan wouldn't notice if they both turned up wearing paper bags. <laughs> and number two, they both styled the dress in such a different way that you it, all it looked like was they were both wearing polka dots yeah because daisy wore the dress and you could see the top part she didn't she all she did wore was the dress so you could see it was an off the shoulder puffy sleeved slinky polka dot dress with a fairly high hem but ali was wearing hers with a denim jacket over the top and it had a really long hem with a split in it so really only looked like they had the same fabric and polka dots is not a particularly unique design for pattern <laughs> so it just genu- genuinely didn't look like they were wearing the same thing which is weird because usually coronation street does these both wore the same outfit jokes and they're both properly looking, yeah because they both wear actually the same outfit well like you say i think you're right that ryan wouldn't have noticed it at all but alia is a fashion diva isn't she, she... well no alia alia's mad and she knows she did it on purpose and she accuses daisy of doing it on purpose yeah and she's seething about it later yeah and daisy's like no I didn't yeah she's getting worried about it to yasmin there's a few few um scenes in in speed dial aren't there this week where she's telling yasmin that um she feels like she's losing ryan um Ryan's Daisy stops Ryan from going home with Alia because yeah. he's got to help her pack everything away. Yeah, yeah. So Alia goes back home as her moan to Yasmin about the dress thing. Ryan comes home and Yasmin makes a makes a hasty exit to give the the two a chance to debrief about what happened today. And um, Ryan's getting all these texts from Daisy, which Alia sort of really pushes her buttons, and they got a kiss at the end of it as well. Well, that was a double kiss. Was well, thing. I can't no, remember. no. This is the thing where he said. Um, you know that thing where you forget to put a kiss on the end and then you think that your text is too abrupt so you send the kiss after well that's what she's just done and okay. then Alia's like what's this she sent she just sent you a kiss oh I missed that I don't know and then I missed lots um, of this, Alia's like you're too stupid to see Daisy's after you <laughs> and he says no I'm just a great DJ yes he gets offended in her lack of faith in because his DJing this is an English person or British person thing that other people don't do and not, neither you nor I do this but quite a lot of people in this country will finish a text message with kisses on the end and I don't know why Sally Matthews does that doesn't she it is a thing but no, well, everybody lots I know, of people do it like my friends from work will send me a text message like just uploaded everything to the printers <laughs> and I never reply with kisses because they're for Christmas cards and birthday cards. <laughs> I don't know. I just always feel like I'm overstepping a mark. Yeah. The same way that I would never call anyone a nickname without asking if it's okay. Whereas people call me my a nickname all the time. What do they I, call you? Well, Gem. I don't like it. No, you're not a Gem, are you? No, I'm not. <laughs> um, okay. But yeah, I'm just saying, like the cultural context of that scene might not work in other countries if it's not common there. But here, it is fairly ubiquitous and almost kind of punctuation to just go kiss, kiss, kiss. Yeah. 
Friday, then, this is when it all kicks off for real. So Alia um, tries to apologise to Ryan at the beginning of the episode for belittling this chosen career path that he's on. He's still very hurt by it. Um, he, he tells her that he's got another DJ thing um, tonight that Daisy sorted. There's a warehouse. It's going to be proper banging. It's in Salford. Alia says, oh, I could come along to that as well. She wants, I think she wants to show that she is you know, committed to his to his DJing. She also probably wants to keep an eye on Daisy as well as she's going to go along. And she says, yeah, you're right, I don't trust her. Um, but then she, and then she decides she's not going to go in the end for whatever reason. So she and her Daisy have a bit of a bitch off in the street as well later where they both kind of make fun of each other's living arrangements. Um, and then Daisy <coughs> tells Ryan later that Alia is accusing her of trying to poach him. And she's like, I'm not, though, am I? Whilst continuing to, to heavily flirt, which um, you know, can t- carries on for the rest of the episode. Um, we later find out that the gig has been cancelled in the warehouse. It's flooded or something. Um, so Daisy wan- manages to wangle away into being his manager and says, look, if you, you stay behind at the pub later... Um, that you, I've got some kind of... They basically decide to make some cocktails together because she's Her got Her idea to, is that she... They also sell cocktails. Yeah. Because she kept saying got that she sorts. keeps referring to the business and it wasn't clear immediately whether she meant the Rovers or yeah, the, the side, Her little thing. side business. But her basically she's making a mobile bar and DJ company. Yeah. And so she's come up with all these cocktails and she wants to taste them and come up with names and things and basically she just kind of makes this long list of sexily named cocktails yeah some provocative come to bed with me take your pants off yes <laughs> and then they have this really clumsy makeup montage which i hated oh, was it cl- I, didn't, I didn't mind it it had the it had the theme tune two tribes go to war while daisy and alia both put their makeup on yeah it wasn't subtle, was it? <laughs> it was just about the right level of subtleness to me. I didn't mind it. They were put, you know, cutting I, back and forth, didn't silly. they? All doing themselves up beautiful to try and bag Ryan. Um, so Daisy tries to hurry Jenny along because she, Jenny's got this um, publican meeting that she's going to tonight. And, and Daisy obviously wants the, the, the pub clear so that she can um, make the moves on Ryan. Um, Jenny realises eventually that Daisy's got a bloke round later. She gets very excited about this um, and, and realises that she needs to make a hasty exit. Of course, she doesn't know that it's well, Ryan Daisy that she's got her eye on. And says that she wants her to go to represent the female landlords of the area. Oh, yes, the female landlords like Fanny Porker. <laughs> that was so funny. Um, the cocktails tasting begins later. Um, it doesn't take long before Ryan's um, overactive bladder kicks in and he has to nip to the loo, uh, giving Alia the perfect opportunity, sorry, Daisy, the perfect opportunity to um, put, his, his, put phone. his phone on silent because very handily it. for her, Alia rings him just at that very moment. She sticks the phone on mute um, and then, yeah, she hides it down the back of the sofa, doesn't she? Thus cutting off his lifeline to his beloved Alia. Um doesn't take long before Brian to get proper blasted. Brian? Bri- Did I say Brian? Ryan to get proper bladdered. Daisy seems like she's either holding her alcohol very, very well or she's not drinking quite so much as him and is just plying him with all the hard Well, booze. she's... This is all a plot, isn't it? To get him drunk. Yeah, while well, she's in control of her faculties. Um, Daisy's kind of spinning him some line about not being liked by other guys. 
No, or, or by bit, but no, was he? No, sorry, that's not right. He he's not like other guys. Sorry, I mean, um, he understands her. Girls hate her because she's so beautiful. <laughs> guys just want one thing, but you're not like that, Ryan, are you? And he's just like completely so uh, half blotto. He doesn't know what to. I he's he's agreeing like. to at the moment. Um, Alia comes into the pub to try and find him because she's she's she hears about this um, cancellation. Yeah, the cancellation of the gig, um, and. Daisy's out the front at this point, isn't Daisy she? Comes she sends out her to talk on her way. Sean. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, um, Alia kind of threatens Daisy, um, saying that girls like you always end up messing with the wrong person. And Daisy's <laughs> like, "Why <"What>, you?" <laughs> that's she, funny. <laughs> she really, um, yeah. Alia's fighting care. a losing battle here. Yeah. Um, so then, at the uh, end of the episode, um, Ryan is um, given the choice by. Daisy to go home to Nagi Alia or have a night of passion with her and she starts stroking his leg or I wondered whether that was actually Ryan's mum who had been um, brought in to do a bit of non-socially Could distance have been Daisy's dad touching uh, uh, yeah may- maybe who knows but anyway Ryan it could is have getting... just been a fake leg yes it could have been it could have been Daisy I cannot I can't remember Rubbing what the actress who plays Daisy's called leg. yeah rubbing a fake leg from a mannequin from um, the factory or something. Who knows? But um, things are not looking good for Ryan or looking good, depending on your your outlook on this well, story. Well, it depends on how Coronation Street wants us to interpret this and how Ryan reacts as well. Because if Ryan, you know, I mean, if this was the roles were reversed here, everyone would be saying, well, this is just a bit rapey, isn't it? Yeah. Because but- he's, she's, making it so that he is not able to consent to anything because he's drunk. But I'm not sure whether they're playing it as that. And, and I certainly wasn't when, when I watched it. Well, but then when we've, no. look, we've looked online since, and there's like, uh, on the on the Mirror and the Sun website, there's like, um, I can't remember how they described it, but horror they make it... sexual assault. Yeah. And it like horrible, yeah, like really horrific. Dark scenes. Well, when we were watched, when we turned it on this episode, it said contain scenes that viewers may find upsetting didn't they and we were racking our brains where, when the end of the episode it? was like where, where was it then but i think it was possibly yeah i think it was supposed to relate to this and are, are we are we bad people that we didn't see this as being like that or are we just used no, to because the context the thing is if we were watching a gritty bbc drama where it had been established quite categorically that this was a terrible thing because it's a realistic world and we would be reacting to it in that way. But unfortunately, Coronation Street has got form for not taking this seriously for the past 60 years or so. So it's really not... If you watch this and you weren't horrified and thought this was dreadful, you're only doing it because you've taken cues from other times in the past where it turns out that the next morning everyone regretted it and never spoke of it again until it... It turns up and then somebody splits up with their boyfriend over it, you know? It's also been a lot more obvious when Curry has tackled this in the past that the person is properly, properly nasty. Like when Tracy um, did, it to, uh, did Roy. it to Roy and she put something in his drink and that was absolutely drugging him and he didn't know what he was doing. And he was upset. Yeah, he was really upset about it the next day and he, she was taking advantages of this completely innocent, lovely Roy. Then we had a couple of years ago when Josh did it to David yeah. and the direction of it, everything leading up to it was, this is, this is bad, this is wrong here, um, Josh is raping David. Yeah. Oh, and, and it was widely established beforehand that this was going to be a male rape story but with this one it's like is 
does Ryan actually... Maybe he does know what's happening to him here, well, himself here. and if it was a and girl, you wouldn't say. No, you wouldn't, and it's a totally victim well, I don't blaming, know whether it, I but... don't know whether Coronation Street is trying to challenge our preconceptions and say, look, you don't care when it's a girl that does it. Maybe. Um, but um, the trouble is we didn't see Ryan's reaction. No. We saw he was really drunk. It... And we saw that she wasn't really drunk. Um, but we didn't see him reacting to her touching him. He wasn't... And we certainly are just assuming from, from here on that they are going to sleep together. Yeah, he wasn't, like, so passed out that he was completely, yeah, unwilling to... I know, but this is where you start to say... I know, what, what's, what's consent, what's the line, isn't it? Where's the line here? Yeah. Because, you know, are we going to get to a situation where by two adults who, I don't know, are married, can't have sex with each other if they're drunk because consent has not been mm. you know what i mean like you have to draw a line somewhere yeah, it was... but they don't they're not in a relationship with each other she's clearly doing this on purpose to 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 sleep with him she's doing it and it, it, it was very predatory yeah. but was it just like oh she's just oh isn't she oh a girl daisy well, yeah, what's I she mean, like hey eh? the trouble in or the is past, it like this she would have is... been like wow how sexy she's such a minx Lucky Ryan. Yeah, oh, salacious in, love triangle now here. Now he's in trouble with yeah. Dahlia. That's whereas, it, that's it. Whereas now we're watching this going, well, you know, we know more about consent and people are better educated and you certainly would assume that Ryan and Daisy were more educated on consent than people in the past have been. So, you know, she would understand this to be wrong and he would, when he... but. You know, would, is he going to blame himself? This is the question. Mm. And if it was, if the roles were reversed, you certainly would think that this was completely unfair. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. The consequences for for being raped as a woman can be a bit different than when it's a man because you can't get a man pregnant. Hmm. Um, from that perspective, that's worth thinking about. Um, but you know, I don't know the, the legal definition. I don't know whether it still includes how you have to. I'm sorry to say this, everybody. You might want to mute this if you've got children in the room, but I think it involves penetrating somebody with a penis. I think it so does. I don't think, I think that that's it technically a legal definition counts in this, in this country. I think it would be sexual assault. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the definition of rape is different in every... Everyone has a slightly different uh, um, perception of it because we had this conversation before when we've had previous things where people have mm. been raped or not. I can't remember who it was. There was a big story and... I'm not thinking you know, of the David one. No, that was obvious. Yeah. But you know, in the no, past, right. like Anna, think... Anna and Felix. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That was another one, wasn't it? I think it? that was probably the one I'm thinking of, where, mm. you know, he, he, you know, we, we called that rape because she did not want to sleep with him. Yeah. I mean, we could be reading too much into this. Well, for all we know, on Monday, We're it is just he wakes this... up and goes, oh. We're and... only basing this off of headlines that we saw and, and the warning that came at the beginning of the show. Yeah. But I just think it's a bit... Um, I think it's a, I think it's a bit rich of Coronation Street, if this is what we're supposed to get out of this. I feel a bit like. I don't know if they're trying to challenge preconceptions, but they they are pre they are concept preconceptions that they have established themselves. Mm. If they are going to go down the route of it's dark and and sinister, is this the end for Daisy? And I mean, yeah, well, it should really be. I I still don't know. I've got no idea what the shelf life of Daisy is. All I know is that I don't think that she's a long term 
you know, full-time character. She didn't... When they had that image for the 60th of here's our six most recent full-time cast members and here's our six most longest-term ones, Daisy wasn't on there. So I, I think maybe she isn't going to be in it for the long haul. Could this be the end? If it is, that's a bit of a... Bit annoying, isn't it? Yeah, I just... She's just kind of getting herself... She's just finally establishing her, what, what she's like. But this is just a really interesting kind of exercise in, you know, modern concepts of consent and rape mm. and what does it mean you know and and how do you interpret it now i think some people might be listening to this going well don't be so ridiculous this is just a, just a bit of seduction you can't rape a man ryan is probably up for it blah blah and other people will be listening to it saying i can't even believe you're even raising the question of whether this is rape or not clearly is mm. ryan is being preyed upon here by somebody just because it's a woman doesn't mean that it's any less of an assault than it would be if it was a man and you know this is the thing the, the really the question is what does Ryan think has happened mm. at the end of the day and what did I, what I, did Daisy think she was up to? Da- Daisy knew exactly what she was doing. Because consent Ryan's... only exists in your head. Yeah, that's the thing. I think Ryan's going to wake up and assume that he consented to it. I don't think he's going to think it's rape straight away, and I think he's going to be very um, shifty around Alia. Alia's going to find out. Maybe she's going to. She's she's not going to hear. Daisy's, she's not going to hear the whole, he plied, she plied me with drinks until she took advantage of me. She's going to hear, I slept with Daisy and she's been worried about this. Alia might rightfully, well, not rightfully, but Alia might say, Ryan, you sat there and drank with her. What did you think was going to happen when I told you that she was flirting with you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which some people would say is victim blaming. Mm. yeah. So it, it it's kind of it, it could be interesting. It's a very complicated story, but again, it could just end up on Monday. Ooh, Jiminy Crickets! What have I done? Where's my pants? Yeah, I don't know. And this is the trouble with Coronation Street tackling this and being a bit ambiguous with it, because in the past we've had it, we've had this story play yeah. out in both ways, where it's very sinister and dark and upsetting, or it's just a silly, frivolous. Mm. love triangle like you say i wonder what jenny will say because she's she's time and time again she's forgiven daisy for being a cow hasn't she she's not going to i I would like to think that jenny doesn't say you know doesn't take daisy's side and say well ryan what are you doing because ryan is kind of a member of the family as well isn't he as being another connor just about tenuous um is she uh, I wonder whether Jenny's going to catch them together, you know, in, in bed the next morning, or is Ryan going to be sneaking downstairs and then they, Jenny's going to be at the breakfast table? Although I could see maybe, to be honest, I could see maybe Jenny going, oh, what's he doing that? Oh, blimey, I didn't know it was Ryan. Yeah, I just, honestly, I find this all very, very uncomfortable because I don't like not being sure of what I'm supposed to think about something. <laughs> and I also don't really like sort of acting as though anyone's opinion on it should have an impact because really it's down to the people that are involved in it mm. but it it really is muddying the waters i think here i'm kind of interested to see what it happens next can, as much but, as it happens you know, and again again we're kind of going down dark paths for this podcast that i find very uncomfortable <laughs> to talk about yeah and it's very difficult because i know that you can really offend people and upset people by saying something they don't agree with on a subject as sensitive as this especially considering 
how many people have experienced sexual assault or rape in their lives. Mm. I wonder if Jenny, when Jenny finds out about it, I can only assume it's going to be Monday, and um, she'll try and, maybe she'll try and lecture um, Daisy about it, and Daisy will bring up the whole Uncle Ronnie thing and say, well, yeah, you're having a go at me for for getting in between these two, but look, you are unfaithful. Everyone's a, everyone's a marriage wrecker in this street. But at the end of the day, I also would say that um, Daisy is currently being very hypocritical because she was um, so against Johnny at the beginning of her time on the street, wasn't she, for, for him being unfaithful to Jenny as well. Speaking of Johnny. Oh, yeah, speaking of Johnny, um, it's very sad he's been removed from the back of the rovers, hasn't it? All trace of Johnny. The penguins are gone. The J&J is gone. The picture of Richard Hawley on a motorbike when he is uh, is young is gone. It's nice that Jenny's been able to put more of a stamp on there, and I'm pretty sure... We we had to pause it and zoom in and have a little look, didn't we? On the mantelpiece, is that a picture of Jenny in her Pom Delight outfit with Steph Barnes and the others? Was it Steph that did it? I can't remember now. This was back in the day when um, Jenny was first on... On the show, yeah, in the mid eighties, they were they were a group of promotional girls for uh, a sparkling cider drink, yeah. which in in this country is always alcoholic unless you specify. Whereas I know in America, cider means just apple juice because yeah. you guys are weird. Um, <laughs> so she, so they would be promoting, but going around and kind of like flirting with men and getting them to buy cider. Yeah, and she was one of them. They had to wear apple outfits. Yeah, like it seemed that on Ivy, the mantelpiece. It was a picture of them in that get-up, but I couldn't quite tell. Maybe we'll see if we get to see it. But the question is, did people consent to being seduced by a pom That's very true, very true. I I would say no, and that's probably why they don't do it anymore. But should you have a photo of it out? I don't know either. It's a very murky world that we're in these days. It totally is. As murky as a cloudy cider. Mm. Um, Right, Gemma, Gail away. She's actually gone. Who'd have thought? For, for how long we will not we will not find out for a little while uh she's like they're lifting the restrictions goodbye i'm on a cruise that's the actress obviously <laughs> that's helen on. yeah gail's just going on a plane to thailand so on monday she's home from the hospital don't forget she had a heart attack last week she tells david and nick she's still going to thailand and she doesn't know how long for she wants to get away from all the stress and make the most of what she's got left and she's done enough looking after people and do you know what i say Good on you, Gail. <laughs> Go to Thailand. Because uh, to be honest, I don't want to be rude to you, but I don't know what you're actually doing to help anybody. You're doing a lot of ironing and cooking, but they probably should be doing that for themselves. I'd quite like to see her start this new life, but on screen. I would love to see her... Um, go to Thailand. She's just avoiding the issue here, isn't she? She's so incapable of, you know, not washing Nick's pants that it's the only way that she She can avoid it is by leaving the continent and going to the other side of the world. And she's there, she'll probably just be chasing um, men around trying to get their trousers off to wash them. She gets (laughs) herself in trouble. Ends up in a Thai jail. Give it a good bottoming while she's there. She'll come back with tattoos. (laughs) Well, she came back with a braid in her hair last time, didn't didn't she? She's probably as risky as she ever gets. (laughs) I wonder what she eats out there as well. I mean, she doesn't strike me as an adventurous eater. Um, no, maybe not. Maybe she she did clean for the bistro at one point, didn't she? So maybe she had a uh, you know, had a try of some of the haute cuisine that they had <laughs> there. Maybe it's broadened her horizons. My very ancient and very 
English Cockney grandmother went to Thailand by herself and she just ate potatoes the whole time she was there. <laughs> um, and she she came back and she had all these pictures of school children that had adopted her when she went. She, That's she so funny. Makes, she, yeah, she, she always be able to make a friend wherever she went What's, in the world. What's the, is it Massaman curry? Is that the Thai curry that's got potatoes in it? Yeah, because it means Muslim curry and they, wouldn't, they ate beef and potatoes. Oh, okay. But she I just think. had potatoes. Well, my nan She's just had boiled. When we went, I remember we went. She we went to Italy. She used to travel a lot when she retired, and we went to Italy together. And I'm pretty sure that the the restaurant we went to had mafia people in it because at one point, a load of men came in in suits, and everyone got really scared and started cleaning tables really, really, <laughs> really yeah, laboriously. But she just every time she, the the waiter would come over, he'd um she just want boiled plain potatoes, and she didn't want anything on it, and they were really kind of offended. That she didn't want garlic or rosemary or butter or salt or anything, but she was very adamant that she just wanted plain potatoes, and um, they eventually just kind of thought she was funny. And <laughs> so they still, I can they see still, that Gail in a in a Thai bar eating a eating a spud. When we came in, the guy, the waiter, would go, "Ah, oh, mummy and Jennifer," because he called me Jennifer. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anyway, what's Gail? I don't doing? know what Gail's going to do in Thailand, but I assume she's going to have funny. High jinx She's going to get scammed. Yeah, probably. She, um, Natasha and Sam bring around a get well card for Gail. And um, Natasha is very annoyed having to be there because she doesn't want to be around Nick. Gail's shuffled with the card, but she tells Sam that she's going away. And Sam takes this very badly, blames Nick and also Natasha and says it's their fault. And they're stressing Granny Gail out with all their arguing. Is Sam really that attached to Gail? Don't know. Turns out how many sweets she gives them. <laughs> I was always whoever gave me the most sweets. I was theirs as a child. That's yeah. why you have your your evil pedo van man. That's why you have sweets in it and yeah. puppies. Yeah. On Tuesday, Gail is packing, but having second thoughts about leaving, and maybe she's making things worse worse between Natasha and Nick. But David's like, just go. You should probably go for your health. He's kind of relatively sincere when he's saying this isn't he well yeah he's not saying bog off then no I he, he realizes he's, that... he's sensible enough to realize that he's having a detrimental effect on her yeah and if he wants her cleaning also, up after him for a good few more years maybe she deserves a bit of r&r well also um he's living in her house and it's probably quite good that she goes so he gets some, the place to himself that's very true later on nick um has to scar because sam and natasha are coming around to say goodbye to gail and Nick says, tell Sam. Tell Sam I love him. And she leaves. And then David and Shona make Leanne feel guilty because Nick can't see Sam. And it's kind of her fault because of the drug dealing that she was getting involved in. And she's like, oh, yeah. Oh, oh, I just remembered something that we haven't talked about yet. Jane Danson listened to our character profile of Leanne last week, didn't she? Did That's she? so funny. Yeah, of course she did. She wrote a tweet. She replied to us because I... I um. I put her in the... I tagged her in the picture uh, saying that the episode was out and then a couple of hours later she wrote a reply to the tweet saying that she enjoyed listening to it and sometimes oh, yeah, she, she hates did, Leanne she? as well. Like, we don't. We didn't. <laughs> we did, we I don't, don't think that was the main takeaway from that, that we hate Leanne. But um, I think she, she she said that we agreed with most of what we said anyway, which is the most important thing. But that's so funny because we never know, like, who's going to be listening. It, it makes you wonder. I mean, we've obviously got... There's a couple of members of the cast that, that listen regularly, but not many. So we we never, you know, hold back on what we say just I, in case. I imagine that some people get played... We know that some people have been played bits. Yeah. 
um, by other people but they don't listen I was, really, I was really chuffed to hear that Jane took you know That's an nice. hour and 20 minutes out of her Saturday morning to, to I listen know, but to I wonder what it's like when, you're, when you've played a character for so long as she's played Leanne I wonder if she's listening to it going oh yeah I know I wonder oh yeah I remember that story that was stupid no, I remember <laughs> Simon hit me oh yeah it was the same with uh, Melanie Hill listened to our Kathy one a few yeah, months ago as well, didn't she and who was it that said they didn't want to listen? Because oh, it was um, the guy Martin, the guy who played Martin Platt. What's his name? Sean Wilson. He said he didn't want to. Was it him? He said he didn't want to listen because he he um, was scared of criticism or something. I don't remember. Somebody said that. Yeah, somebody did. And you didn't said they? it's not that bad. No, I don't remember who it was. Anyway, I, I did. That was it. interesting. Thank you very much, Jane, for tuning in and writing. <laughs> yeah, she said she'd write her feedback on the and podcast she for an interview. Yeah, well, why don't you ask her? So, um, Gail's home with Natasha and Leanne comes around to apologise and says, well, no, she just says, Nick needs to see Sam. Everything that's happened is my fault. Please. And so Natasha gives in again. What a flaky... I know she really is. Natasha can't... She's useless. First, she's moaning at Nick for trying for come talking to Sam, and then she has a go at Sam for running away and wanting to talk she to Nick. And then she's like, "Oh, okay, then." She literally has changed her mind on this about three times. Yeah, now. no wonder they can't decide time, what to stick to. Every time she says, "Listen, these are the very serious and real issues I have with Sam hanging around with Nick. The, he's been had. He's been kidnapped. He got shot at, and then he got shot at again." Yeah. These are three Five times... Five minutes later, I'll go on then. When I, when I have had serious all. worries and concerns, Nick, based on real evidence that you are not capable of looking after him. So I'm putting my foot down. And then three times she's gone, yeah, actually, no. Well, it's not only that. It's, not, it's like, right, Nick, you can't see him, but you can be, you can be homeschooled by Gail, mm. where there's, you know, not the... It's quite possible that Nick's going to show up at some point. If she wants to cut Sam out of yeah. his life, she needs to bloody well just do it. Well, she's like a doctor who's like, no more smoking for you, but pipes are okay. Yeah. Honestly, <laughs> I've got no sympathy for Natasha. Um, I have sympathy for her because, unfortunately, she has to keep saying it's fine because she's she knows she's in the show. <laughs> anyway, she's brought Sam around to stay with Nick and then Gail gets in the taxi and waves goodbye. And I, this really felt like I was like, oh, yeah, off she goes. We'll see you in a month or so. Because they've done this before. They've had really elaborate kind of send off for people that have gone for like two weeks. Yeah. But this felt, this felt to me... This felt longer. This felt like quite a significant goodbye and she was looking out the window and kind of waving. And I was thinking, is this a... Is this, is, is a, this an Emily Bishop here? That's exactly what I was about <laughs> to say. Is this a big old fake-out goodbye? It can't be. When Gail leaves, there'll be a much more of a fanfare than I this. really hope it isn't. Uh, there's been no reports that Helen Worth has left. Of course, there's been the tabloids of, oh, a character leaves the street, long-term character leaves the street. Guess who it is? Click inside to find out. Ken. But... Oh, yeah. Is, is this just still waters all over again, except we don't well, yeah. get to see it? Or maybe they will do maybe, some on-location shooting in Thailand, Maybe perhaps. a bunch of people have been dispatched. I am I am actually surprised that Gail's gone. When she threatened to leave, when was it last week or the week before? It must have been last week. I was like, no, of course she's not going to leave. Why are people worrying about well, that? Well, she just blink, blink, blink and come back. Good on her. She has left, but I am... Uh, yeah, I don't believe for the for a second that she's gone for good. It's only a matter of time. But I'm also, I don't care if we don't see her for a little bit. You know what I think about Gail at the moment. If she takes that time to 
um, to find herself and remind herself. Maybe she gets a couple of 90s Corey DVDs and reminds herself what she used to be like. And she comes back having reversed well, it to what, a former personality. I'm yeah, all for it. This is what I've been saying about women's identity being kind of subsumed into the idea of motherhood and where where do you separate it from and women getting frustrated because they get written off and Mm. put into a box and Gail's kind of done that to herself and she's got in the box and she's got the sellotape and she sealed it from the inside (laughs) and then she's like going but I'm more than a mother let me out so um but again you know if you're a mum they're always your babies and if they're struggling, you want to help them. I know, it's I know. It's so she, frustrating. There's, there's a way of doing it, though, isn't she? she, and, she and she just, she just does cut need those to go, strings. maybe try some drugs. She's a sharper pair of shears. Um, on a Thai beach somewhere. Friday, Sam's upset at the prospect of moving to Worsley. Is oh, that yeah. how you say it? I don't know. I, I've, I've typed something here, but whether that matches the spelling of the place that Natasha's or threatening to take him it. to, I, I don't it's know. It's a lovely house, she says. Yes. And we say, may, may well be, Natasha... But don't think you're going anywhere anytime soon, love. No, because she's changed her mind by the end of the episode. Natasha's over here. Sam, trying. He's why is he still being homeschooled? I don't. I don't really know. I've got because they want they want an excuse to have Sam on the program more during daytime scenes. Is yeah. all I can think of. Well, why don't they just do what what um Tyrone did and take the children out of school? <laughs> oh yeah, we'll talk about that in a minute. So. He's trying to get out of doing PE and and Nick says, no, Sam, you're cute and adorable, but I'm going to make you do things that you don't like for your own personal development and for your future. And Natasha's listening going, that's the kind of man I need to parent my child. He didn't just relent. He made him do football. Yeah, so she's deciding that at the end of the episode she is going to move away still. I did forget about that. She but Nick not, can see Sam Nick more. Nick can see him more. I like the line where um, Nick was trying to convince Sam that PE is important and Sam was like, you know it's not, don't you? I love that because I love the way that he said that. He's, <laughs> Sam just very matter-of-factly went, you know it's not. As a former PE dodger myself... I um I've applauded Sam for that line, and it was funny because uh, Nick brought up the fact that he did pee in college as well, so that was a nice little link to the past. I appreciated it, but yes, nice. I did like this because Although, it, as look, a teacher, I have to say, of course, pee is very important. Very important. Look, I did like Nick saying I did I did pee at college, and I actually find that sometimes it helps me to think, and it de-stresses me to do exercise because I think we're all very funny and with our little jokes and Coronation Street does this as well where it's like ha ha exercise is boring nobody wants to do it let's just watch television but actually it's true that being healthy and exercising well, is good they like you. to shoehorn in and their um, your brain. fun run stories and the Steve bikes for charity and Tim's going to have a heart attacks so we better get his running shoes on kind of thing every now and then does I don't know well everybody's going to be playing football in this country until we um, get out of the Euro which is <laughs> the next one is tomorrow so by the time you listen to this we could be out already no no no, this is going up tonight it's going up tonight um okay so finally we had a little bit of the alina pops a bun in the oven storyline on monday not very much fizz has been out on the town she's nursing a hangover first thing on monday morning and she's wondering how she's going to tackle the issue of the day which is letting the girls know that alina's up the duff Uh, meanwhile anina is dead impressed with this new tam tam pram that tyrone has got um fizz comes over as a little she did a joke i know she did a joke okay. I mean, she did a joke 
Fizz comes over, has a moan about him not telling Ruby and Hope yet, and she says, if you don't tell them today, she will. Well, she says, look, you, you're an absolute numpty. You haven't told the girls yet, but you've told Kevin. If Kevin tells Joseph, Joseph's going to tell the girls. Also, you're standing in the street with your girlfriend and a pram. Yeah, it's Outside of obvious. our house, if the girls come out, they'll see you and they'll understand what's going on. Can you just stop for five minutes and think out of your Tongues little bubble? Tongues wa- waggle. See, this is the trouble. Alina and Tyrone should be excited and enjoying this the early stages of pregnancy, getting excited, having their plans, making their nursery, buying the prams and stuff. They can't because of this horrible situation that they're in, whereby it has to be a dirty little secret to start off with because they've got to they've got to sort of break the news to people. Well, all pregnancies have got to be a dirty little secret until the twelve week scan, haven't they? It's, not, just it's that... not a dirty secret. <laughs> it's just. Can that... you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, 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 definitely. It's just that this has been revealed before they intended it to. So now the plaster's been ripped off. They know, really he really I'm does really need to to tell the girls before someone else does. People have to say before the twelve week scan. I think it's so scary. Bad omen. So yeah, as you said earlier, Tyrone decides I'm just gonna take the girls out of school. I'd like to know the excuse that he gave um the head teacher for taking them out of school early because I can't think of much. I mean, I know them one of their real mums who they never realised existed really has just died but i don't is he has he played the compassionate leave card here i don't really so, know so or has he I... just said that they've got a dentist appointment so i don't know you're the teacher you tell me if a dad came along and said i need to take them out of school because i need to tell them some news or something i don't think it'd fly if, if so it... what would they say at school I don't know because I can't think any parent would be so brazen as to just try and come and take them out. I'm sure that in lots of schools over down the country that they do and maybe the office staff there are trained to rebuff the parents but you're not allowed to take it's an unauthorised absence isn't it maybe I've, maybe Tyrone did just say they had an appointment but really did he have to tell them there and then? I oh, know this was really stupid this made no in sense. In Victoria Gardens? I don't I don't understand why the line was written that he took them out of school because he could have just said that they had finished school. The difference would have been like an hour. Yeah, I know. I know. Anyway, um, Hope's kind of curious about it. She's not particularly excited about it. Ruby's reaction is just to turn and face the wall because maybe... She thinks she's going to get shocked. She has to be. <laughs> yeah. She doesn't want to be the the middle child. No, I, I don't know. Uh, and then that's the last we see of Ruby. They're they're really not giving her much to do at the moment, are they? It's it's a bit sad, really. As you know, Ruby lovers here. Um, Hope gets home later and and kind of excitedly tells Fizz the news, who immediately sends Hope upstairs to remind Tyrone about all the sleepless nights that he's got coming to him, how he's going to have less time with the girls. I mean, he he insists otherwise. He's saying, no, I'm going to make sure that I give just about, just the same amount of time to the girls as I do now. And Fizz kind of scoffs at the very idea that he's going to be able to make Hope and Ruby his top priority with a baby in the house. Uh, And she also... Um, asserts her dominance over him by saying, you're babysitting tonight because I'm going out clubbing again. And she says, you got better get used to staying inside. Yeah, yeah. Sadly, I mean, maybe the warehouse is going to get flooded so she doesn't get the chance. Oh. But, um, and, and that's all we get to see of this. So, um, yeah, I, I didn't, like, I, I don't particularly like Fizz much this week. I think that she's um, lording it over Tyrone a little bit too much, but... I don't think there was really much plot to get that invested in either way. Well, she's just way. being petty and I, I can relate. 
Yeah, she uh, yeah, she she was being very, very petty about it. No Evelyn this week, was I really there? liked also no, there's no Evelyn, but I really liked Hope and um Ruby's reaction and I also really liked Ruby's reaction to being told that um Kirstie had died and she's just like I don't know, look, look, you people keep getting me and sitting me down and telling me stuff and oh, I no. don't care about any of it. Literally, Stop I telling think, me. I think we may be seeing Ruby like three times this year and all of those times it's been sat down to have yeah, devastating news. news or big news drops on her. Because you must have um you must have been told that you were having a little brother or sister. Do you oh, remember? Maybe, no, because I was like three maybe. Mm. It's a little bit different. I remember when my uncle and aunt had their had their first child and I remember sort of peering into the crib and it was very special and exciting but I don't remember I obviously never got told anything about oh you're having a Mm. a brother or a sister but I would think that they would be old enough to be a bit more engaged with this idea I don't know it was hilarious to me they were like whatever they're they're going through an awful lot this year aren't they so this is just the latest in the string of family revelations I, I I think I said I think I might have said last week about being the middle child and I don't know, Ruby might have more struggle with it than Hope because mm. Hope's status as oldest child will never be challenged by anything that happens no. unless Tyrone turns up a kid he never knew about. Not, un- unlikely, not unlikely, not unprecedented. But, um, but now Ruby's not the baby anymore and she certainly has grown up quite a lot over the last year since we've seen her last. Mm. I just wonder whether she's going to struggle with it a bit more because she, she kind of seemed a bit sulky i don't know yeah yeah okay um let's let's tie up this discussion of the week then um what are we oh one thing that was quite funny was when alina said to hope oh you can teach the baby all the naughty tricks no alina the naughty tricks are sitting fire to trampolines yeah that's very true and breaking other children's arms yeah don't encourage Naughty tricks no (laughs) um do you have an idea of what you want to score this one out of I five? Thought this I was think an... I do. Go on then. No, this I'm going to let you say it first. I thought this was another kind of averagely okay week. found bits of it boring. I found other bits of it interesting. I enjoyed talking about it. Some of it was silly and I don't understand where they're going with it. Like the whole Izzy stuff. Mm. The whole Izzy thing. But Uh-oh. I think I will give it three. Oh, okay. Okay. I'm going to give it three Fanny Falkers. <laughs> that, was, that was really funny. Um, okay. I started this week... See, the, the the problem I had last week was not only were there bits that are a bit dull, there were also bits that really, really wound me up, like Gail with her octopus singing. And I don't think there was anything that quite wound me up that much this week. But equally, last week had some quite nice positive bits to ba- to balance it out. So... Uh, the James stuff was was quite you know yeah, good for the soul last week, and the Jenny and Johnny scene in the Rovers on Wednesday, and I wouldn't say there was anything as far as I can really remember this week where I was like, oh yeah, that that's a good scene. That is, I just was left feeling a bit like, okay, that's that's that over then by the time it had finished. So I think I might have to go lower lower than a three again, just for it being, you know just a bit bland and, and and with lots of characters I didn't really like. I, I enjoyed the Izzy stuff. I appreciated it, but I, I shared some of your issues with the way that the story went. Um, I'm going to, I don't, I don't think I dare give it a two after last week. So I'm going to go for two and a half reverend paunches 
out of five. Uh, Character of the week wise, there's not any immediate standouts. Um, are you are you kind of going for anyone here? I'm thinking maybe. God, I don't know because everyone was kind of dumb this week. Yeah. There were no heroes because like someone was like, oh, let's befriend this burglar. Yeah. I mean, I like Todd. Does that make him character of the week? Did he do anything particularly, you know, scene steely this week? Maybe not. Do I give it to Sarah for being accommodating of Izzy's needs and, you know, difficult behaviour? No, because her reaction was to lie to people and pussyfoot around something and not take charge of a situation when it's literally her job to take charge of it, to also not just to um, protect the rest of the business, but also to look after Izzy's best interests as well. Because I don't think it's in Izzy's best interest for her to just never confront the elephant in the room of what exactly is going on and what is your problem mm. with with this work. Because as soon as they work out what the problem is, the sooner they will be able to come up with a solution. Yeah, okay. Um, she wasn't taking control of the situation at all. And Carla's reaction was just kind of steamroller over everybody to try to assert her dominance. Yeah. So they weren't, neither of them were very good, Mate, really. Okay, I'll, I'm going to give it to Ryan. I like Ryan. He's not giving up on his dream um, just because Nagi Alia tells him to. Um, he's kind of, he's kind of fun. Um, but I mean, it's, uh, it's not a definite, obvious, it's got to be him. It's just a bit of a default win for Ryan this week, I'm afraid to say. What about you? It's really difficult because I don't really think anyone stands out to me this week about it, particularly, I mean, we had some nice Jenny scenes, but she wasn't in it for really enough. And she didn't, she was playing a supporting role to Daisy's story. Absolutely. Um, Yasmin, again, Yasmin was kind of nice, but very, very supporting. Do I give it to Sam for slagging off PE? (laughs) Do I give give it to Fergus for just being a bit odd? Maybe I'll give it to Fergus for making a pretty good first impression. He did make a good first impression, you're right. He's intriguing. He really, really is. And he's a bit, yeah, like I said before, he's a bit of an oddball. Yeah, he's also good of him for helping, is he? Even though there is this distinct possibility he's going to be a crazy nut job. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think we've really made it too clear, but he's just the neighbour that lives in the flat next door who's just helped her her and then just continued to bubble up with her and for the rest of the, like, year and a half. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, giving it to him, yeah. Fair play, Fergus. Um, Okay, well, with that, then um, we will move on and um, let's see what news there is this week. Welcome to the cabin. It is time for some news, and we have got got some Eastenders news first. Just w- why not? Um, so, it it seems like Eastenders is going to be dropping on iPlayer for another month or so, Gemma. I hope that Coronation Street don't follow suit. This news broke um, just towards the end of last week, I think, that they've said that it's been doing so well, putting all the episodes sort of front loading them at the beginning of the week. Um, they say in lots of streams, I don't know, 20 million, something, something, that they're going to be keeping it going during the Tokyo Olympics. Um, what do we think of that? And is Coronation Street going to be following suit, most importantly? What do you think? I, I can't be bothered to talk about this anymore. But this is the lead news item this week, Gemma. I know, I know you're excited about it. I'm not, I'm not excited, I'm just kind of... Stands We've, you're scandalised then. Yes, I hope Coronation Street doesn't do it. 
I don't know how much of the Olympics the ITV is planning to be broadcasting. Does it? Does it on all the channels? Does it not? It's the BBC that's. Oh, that's fine then. We don't get anything to worry about. It doesn't need to be lead news at all. I don't know. I mean, I'd be very interested now that it's all over, supposedly, um, to get to see if there's if they're going to release any statistics or whatever. I mean, I'm sure they they wouldn't say they're not going to come out and say well that didn't work then did it. But um, okay, I've I've not looked at this. If that's the case, then there's no reason for them to hide. Hide it, or, or or you know, change the schedules Hide or anything. Um, so maybe it's fine. If anybody's worried about it, then it's probably not going to happen. I'm touching wood at the moment because worried we could be days what? away from. I don't know why people would be worried about it. It seems like me and you are the only people that exactly. aren't enjoying this. The way this is. Talk about it. All but at least there's summer holidays coming up, so you know if it does carry on over over summer, I'm going to be getting you up, Gemma, at six o'clock every Monday morning. So we must watch it. We nobody is allowed to know what happens before we do. Oh no! Game I for that. Know. So now Gemma doesn't want it to go back to to, to carry on. Anyway, that's that bit of news. Um, second up is um right let's get this in your diaries everybody this wednesday i.e tomorrow after this episode drops if you are um one of those old school curry fans like we are you might be interested in finding or watching sorry an interview with julie goodyear oh yes um on um on your manchester your mcr which is kind of like some online broadcasting doohickey for the people of the uh, of the northwest, and yeah, and it's being done by old Mark Llewellyn, who we who is a um, who we know well. We've met. He's the he's the guy that lives up in um, Manchester and he does the talks about Corrie. He runs the Daisy Nook Garden Centre, and he's got a uh, a cavalcade of Corrie collectibles, or he did have them there, and he knows his stuff. Yes. Um, he also um, showed me around a little bit of Manchester last year. We've 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 you know, met him a couple of times now. Very very lovely chap, and he is a dear friend of. Julie Goodyear's. So um, that's right. So this Wednesday, July the seventh, and next Wednesday it looks like as well. I don't know whether this interview is going to be split over two episodes or what. Um, you, you can watch her, and, and what I, I'm I'm fascinated. I want to know what Julie's up to at the moment. He um, one of the things that Mark said is that he um, he meets up with her like every Sunday. He has has tea with her on Sunday he afternoons, does, yeah. doesn't he? And she, he said she has leopard print. China set. Yeah, what what you might imagine Julie Goodyear's home to look like, you're probably right. It um, seems like that could be the case. Whether or not this will be filmed there, there, I don't we? know. But um, I think Julie Goodyear is um is is not really she's not really in the public eye at all anymore, is she? No, she's um, retired. They, they they got her out to be on that. Um, she was on the East End, uh, sorry, Emmerdale, I've got East Ends on the brain at the moment, Emmerdale versus Coronation Street Christmas quiz a couple of years ago, didn't yeah. they? But um, yeah, apart from that, she's definitely shied away from, from the public eye. But um, I, I'm fascinated to find out what, she, what she's up to now and what she, what she makes of the state of the world at the moment What's and just get on? some classic Corrie reminiscing. Yeah. So I will be tuning into that now. If you want to watch this... Oh, yeah, I will be. You'll be at my mum and dad's house. Oh, yeah, so flipping football's on. Gonna, and it's my mum's birthday. And it's your mum's birthday. Well, I'm going to catch it up afterwards because your I Manchester has got able to watch it. a YouTube channel. Okay, good. And if you're interested to find out anything more about them, we've retweeted a couple of their things the last couple of days. But if you follow them, they're at your MCR. So go and have yeah. a look. If you like Bet, if you like Julie, I'm sure this will be absolutely fabulous. Yeah. Gemma, I will let you talk about the last bit of news. We're going to anyway because I've done the other two. There is another additional video for Colson Smith's uh, documentary 
tired of being the fat kid. Yes. Um, He's released some bonus content. It's about 20 minutes long. Is it longer than the actual? Yeah, I think it was. And it's just extra video that didn't make it into the documentary. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's basically just... Um, it's a video diary. It seems like right at the beginning, he decided that he was going to film himself, you know, just talking to camera every now and then. And it seems that it comes in fits and starts, doesn't yeah. it? Like the first few days, or the, the first few entries are like within days of each other. Um, and then they, then he has like a couple of months off and he's like, hello, it's me again, I'm still doing it. But if, you are, if you're interested in finding out more about Coulson's um, journey to fitness, then it's certainly worth checking that out on his YouTube channel. We, we sat down and watched it yesterday. It was, it was, for one thing, it was really quite interesting seeing his transformation over yeah. the course of 20 minutes because it yeah. was very, you know, it was obvious, wasn't it? Yeah. He talks a bit more about food that he made, like he talks about a cookbook that he bought... He also mentions hypnotherapy and says he's going to talk more about that later, but he never does. No, I don't think he it's did, very did he? intriguing. Yeah, um, I, I want to know if he, if he regressed like Jack Duckworth did when he had his anti-smoking hypnotherapy. Did he become Lusty Carlson? Yeah, probably. <laughs> Maybe that's why he's not that's allowed to talk about it. That's why he's been chasing after the birds. He's been getting really fat. <laughs> I mean, really, really fat. Really fit. I, I, Those I, words are too close together. I, I just... Uh, I, I, I'm... He also talks a little bit about the fact that people were like congratulating him before he was ready to accept the well, congratulation he because he's partly on his way to his, you know, where that he wants to be. That was one of his things that he said when I saw the press conference where he was talking about it, where he just did, th- he felt, kept thinking, well, stop praising me for something I haven't finished doing. Mm. But, you know, documentaries out now, isn't it, so... What do you expect? Well, anyway, no, that was during the that was when he was recording it. Oh yeah, because he was talking about how it was like t- to be in the news as well for it, which must have been very strange for him, really. Because mm. we, I think we talked about it at the time too when yeah. when it all came out. Well, it was all very noticeable the changes that he was making. Wasn't it? That's the that's the thing about fitness and weight loss. You've got you you can't do it privately, unfortunately. No. Yeah, that, that's, that's it. <laughs> although being on lockdown does help. Anyway, um, yeah, go, go and have a check that out if you're interested. And, and it was really, don't if you're not. The other thing that was really interesting was he mentioned, oh, I've just filmed one of Cra- the beginning of Craig's story. And that was right before lockdown happened. And obviously they had to completely abandon the whole storyline, which is really sad because I would have liked to have seen this. Yeah, there was, a, there was a bit, wasn't there, where he said, oh, Craig's journey's just started on TV. And I don't yeah. even remember what they did. They had a bit, a little bit been. of him running with Imran or yeah, something, I remember. Um, and then and he did a run with James at one point, but it's it's a shame, yeah, like you said, that they had to basically abandon the story. Yeah. And then they couldn't say to him, "Look, hold on your weight loss you, journey, Colson. Eat a few more pies yeah. just for the next six months." And he's or so. also talking about <laughs> eating cookies. There's a really nice cookie that he likes. Oh yeah, he said it was a highlight. It was every day, wasn't yeah. there? This little brownie, brownie bar yeah. thing. Anyway, Good that was him. fun, and that's on his YouTube channel. I'm sure you can find it quite easily just by putting into into um, yes. YouTube. So go and look at that on YouTube. Go and look at your Julie Goodyear on YouTube. And... and not, we've also got content on there. We do, we do, we do. That's it then, right. Should that is it, let's do some feedback. Okay, we have got a little bit of feedback to read out this week, starting off, of course, with our Facebook score for last week, Coronation Street. And by gum was I off the mark with my score last week because the Facebook group rated it 3.41 out of 5 on average. So they really quite It's even higher than it. me. I know. I don't, it's weird, isn't it? I how sometimes... Like, I, I was convinced last week people would... I, I think I'm convinced every week people are going to feel the same way about me, although I was a little bit worried this week. I've got no idea what people thought of this week's episode still so far. I've not looked and not seen anybody. But I don't know, maybe I'll be wrong. I think, um, 
I think it's the way we we watch them all on a Monday and it's really high pressure. It is a little bit. I it don't is think, a little it's, bit. I think I was... it's conducive to having a good time. When it's a bit of an average week, when it's a good week, it's really thrilling to sort of be able to watch them all at once. Yeah, because we, we basically, in my mind, we've had two great weeks and two ho-hum weeks. So the first two weeks had a lot of Nina stuff as well, yeah. which is, is what's carrying 2021 on Coronation it's Street for me at gone. the moment. It's my favourite story. Um, but the, the last two weeks, it's they're not they've just not been working for me. And when you feel like, you know, you're... You're, you're ploughing through three episodes of characters that you're not as in, interested in, stories you're not in, get, as engaged yeah. with, and then you kind of start to feel, oh, I don't know if I'm enjoying this, but I've still got, I've still got another hour or so to go, yeah. then I feel the pressure. don't know if but, I really want to be watching this anymore. Anyway, back to normal next week, hopefully. hopefully. Um, anyway, the um, I've picked out a couple of scores to highlight, so thank you for everybody who puts their scores on the Facebook group poll thing. Carries gave it four of Alina's hilarious jokes. Out of five. Oh, so funny. Gemma, would you like to? Um, what was it that she said this week? She made. Oh, uh, <laughs> you can do it. Uh, let, let me set you up for this. Hey, t- hey, Alina, it's me, Tyrone. Do you like this buggy? No, I don't. I don't like it. What? I love it. Oh, lady, you're such a card. <laughs> you know, in Romania, I am actually a stand-up comedian. <laughs> um, John gave it three and a half underwhelming 40th birthday gifts from Toya out of five. And Judith was my pick of the week, who gave it three babies called Kevin out That of was probably the funniest thing that Alina ever said. <laughs> Don't you encourage her. cannot call her. a baby Kevin. Don't encourage her. Right, um, Nancy. We saw a picture of Nancy to, um, this week, didn't we? She posted herself wearing a Conversation Street t-shirt on the Facebook group. Very lovely to see her. Very and nice. she says, hello, Michael and Gemma. Hello. Evelyn made a wonderful point when she asked Tyrone, what if the situation was reversed? And he didn't have an answer. After watching Fizz and Maria talking, I felt Fizz may be ready to meet somebody new. This is when we will see if Tyrone lives Alina or Fizz. What do you reckon, Gemma? Is Fizz, Fizz going to get back in the dating game? Maybe get Alina, get Tyrone a little bit jealous? When he sees her with... Oh, it'll put the cat among the pigeons, He's going to be on her arm. It's got to be somebody that's even hunkier than Elena is sexy. Oh, does somebody like that really exist? Um, maybe Ryan. You know, after after everything that's gone on well, with him and Daisy. Well, he might Yeah, he's not going to have Daisy on. Maybe, maybe. Um... I love it, Nancy says, when James came out at the press conference. Danny and James are great. I think Debbie may hire Danny. I don't know what James and Danny have been doing all week this week. I think they haven't come out of that bedroom. Uh, Ed doesn't mind. You can stay over as much as you like, Danny. (laughs) The Audrey, Gail, David, Sarah and Nick scenes were hilarious. I think Gail may be ready to change her life. The highlight of all this was Nick's announcement that Carla is now the majority share owner of Underworld. Sarah needs to get involved in something with Adam. Leanne's birthday was wonderful with Toy there. What does Sarah need to get involved in something with Adam with? Like... Well, reminding us like, that they're married, maybe is there no, dinner party, candlelit dinner? Money knocking about. This is what I said last week. Did you? Maybe they or did I? Maybe they should start a business themselves if they've got the money. Yeah, I don't know how long Sarah's gonna be able to um stomach working well, underneath Well the thing Carla. is this week yeah. it didn't feel like there was any kind of she she didn't like it, but it was no different from when Carla worked there before. Not particularly. What's the point? What was the point <laughs> of it? Uh, Jenny becoming the new landlady of the Rovers is wonderful. She's not really the new landlady, is she? She kind of. Well, she is. She's, she's she's the, the landlady. Have we seen her name the over the door yet? I don't know whether we have. I think there's a good chance Johnny and her will get back together. Please, I love the way she sorted Gemma, Sean, and Daisy out. Jenny will get to the point where she will set Daisy straight. Interesting how everybody knows the hot pot recipe too. We were talking. It can't about, be that hard, you know. 
We I love talking... pot pot, but it's not a complex <laughs> thing to make. We were talking last week about the very um, young staff at the Rovers at the moment and yeah. how they didn't have some kind of wise matronly person. But I mean, Sean is over 40 now, isn't he? <gasps> what? Is he? Yeah, I think he is. He must be. He's older than us. It's just funny how he, I, he? I kind of, yeah, he is, he's older than us. I, it's funny how we kind of banned him with the with the youth, like with the Gemma, the it's Emma, the he's, Daisy, because he's, he's so got immature. Such a young spirit. Yeah, that's a nice way to put it. <laughs> he needs to grow up. Um, I like, uh, Nancy says, that Coronation Street is looking at how someone will deal with type 1 diabetes. I know, I'd be scared of injecting myself. Yeah, that's kind of sorted itself out now as well, isn't it? I, it must just be horrible, though. Spine at the clinic. Yeah, you get used to it, I imagine. I do hope oh, Alia yeah. and Ryan stay together. Uh-uh. Um, I give this week's episode three out of five socially distanced kisses. And the character of the week is Fizz. Oh, well done, Fizz. So, Rebecca has written in and she says, So I was right, Alina is pregnant. Well, I'm not surprised the way they were carrying on 24-7. <laughs> At the moment, it looks as if both of them want to keep the baby. But since the last baby on Corrie was born, Glory, it's not looking good for baby pop jobs. That's very good points. That's very good point. Two two successful births in the trot. Mm. Pop bop, pop dobs, pop dobs, pop. Do- I like that. Pop dobs, dobs pop. Continue. Um, I am glad in a way that it looks as if it's being rested for a little bit until maybe Lena's first scan. I didn't like Fizz being angry though. It's nothing to do with her. Although I felt sorry for her when she basically said Tyrone didn't want a baby with her. So yeah, I'm guessing at the moment, maybe a miscarriage, maybe when they have told everyone the news of the pregnancy. But I could also see Alina going full term. But I wouldn't want to see Tyrone connected to Alina through a baby. I love the James story this week and I was glad he was able to come out fully as I think a few a few people knew. Teammates, family, management. But if he's going to be a main first team player and also for his own happiness, it was better for James to come out fully. Regarding the shirt number changes, when a player leaves or in Tommy's case retires, they swap shirt numbers in most cases. It's a promotion like James. Thank you. Ah. Um, I, I don't see why they don't just keep going up so you know you've got number <laughs> 1482 or yeah. something like that speaking of Tommy O at least in that scene with Corey made more sense if he's retiring Tommy might think he can express his opinions more oh is he going to be champion Corey maybe love seeing Lorna back and love the supportive family at the press conference Danny is okay but I'm just glad James finally has a love interest and we also had the post the first post-pandemic kiss. Hopefully now hugging can come back soon as well. Well, we did have a bit of leg stroking tonight, didn't we? Mm. Mm. I, 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 I wonder, I mean, now that James and Danny have got together, is this the last that we see of them until they have that inevitable breakup? Yeah. Quite possibly. Yeah. I enjoyed the Gail and Audrey scenes in the hospital and also how Audrey doesn't really care about how she brought Gail up. <laughs> also, Gail isn't going to leave. She might go away for a while, but she won't leave forever. I was convinced that Sarah was going to buy the factory, so when Nick announced to Carla, I was shocked but pleased at the same time. Sarah's fine at the factory, but not as the boss. She's such a rubbish boss. Although, like if you say, Johnny has bought the factory, he obviously won't have any money left to lend Jenny. So obviously she would get money troubles thanks to Daisy, so it will come be up to Uncle Ronnie to swoop in and save the day. No sign of Uncle Ronnie this week, was there? No. Just I, waiting. I enjoyed the whole pop, hot pot shenanigans at the Rovers, although Kirk wound me up again. The Jenny and Johnny scene I adored. Sal and Richard have such good chemistry. I'm wondering if Johnny might leave in October as that one was when he came in six years ago. Maybe Richard agreed to stay an extra year because of the pandemic. I really hope not. Although, as I love Richard and, and Johnny, but it would make sense. Also, fantastic to see Jenny be Queen of the Rovers. Ryan, watch out. Daisy will have her claws in you soon. Due to that one scene you had at the beginning of the year. And you also have similar interests. Ryan and what's Daisy. The, what's similar interests? 
music. Ibiza. Ryan and Daisy would be a better fit, but I hate this whole breaking couples up due to the drama. Although I did enjoy David and Ryan pegging the washing scene. It was small and nothing happened, but I enjoyed I it. I saw lots of praise for that uh, washing pegging scene. Yeah, people I think liked it. I was I was Lots making... of people were talking about the, the character moments last week. Yeah. And then it's true, I've been sort of moaning on about how there's been not enough character stuff. Yet I criticised Coronation no, Street for being We just said it was a bit overly long, wasn't it? And it felt like the balance wasn't right to me. Mm. Like there's there there was uh, it's good when there's just as much of a story as there is character stuff, but it just felt like it all just got put into one week. Yeah, maybe. Um Right, um, finally, I think I was right with my RD has a crush on Summer. Although, Summer, take your injections, otherwise you'll be in the hospital again. That didn't go anywhere this week, did it? No. I did laugh at Todd's everything in moderation line, as that's what I'm told at my diabetic clinic. Character of the week is James, and I give it three and a half. Johnny's specialist subject is cult gay films out of five. <laughs> Lovely. <laughs> yeah, I was wondering, I wonder whether RD's going to kind of swoop in and save the day with, when Will turns nasty or something. It feels like maybe they're going to be... You know, they're, well, they're, they're building him up to, to be, be some kind of evil. No, no, not Ardy. He's going to be a. He's going to come in like no, a, a shining white knight. No, there's going to be some kind light. of. You said, and I said evil. Yeah, there will be some evil. But maybe it will be some kind of diabetic thing. Maybe she might go into a um... diabetic coma. Yeah. Maybe, maybe. And Ardy will have to save her. Yes. Mouth to mouth. It's the only way. So I... Maybe it's, it's that like you know when you when you're in diabetic comas where you go up. Is that when you got to have a Mars bar? Is that diabetic people have a Mars bar? Obviously? I don't want to say anything. I was literally about to say something about this, but I, I don't want to so give maybe out misinformation. Ardy can put a Mars bar in his own mouth and transfer no, it. No, that's disgusting. To summer. Right, last email this week. We've got somebody new. Christina with a K says, Hello, my dears. I'm writing to tell you how much I adore you both. Oh, go on then. I watch, um, legally from America on BritBox. BritBox has a nasty habit of randomly skipping episodes, so you guys are often filling in the story gaps for me. That must be very, very frustrating, Christina. I used to watch on Hulu, which was always several weeks behind. I didn't mind the spoilers because I'd be prepared for disappointment when the storylines are stupid, tedious and or ridiculous. That never happens, Christina. I don't know what you're talking about. Gemma. Yes. I love your range of emotions I and I appreciate the downs just as much as the ups. Americans in the media tend to be phony, which is boring. You're so real, girl. I love it. Oh, thanks. Go, it girl. It was funny this week, this weekend when we were with my friends and I started ranting about something. I can't remember what it was. Do you remember? And then Charlie no. said to me, oh, you, you know what? You really need a platform for, for your ranting. And I Did said, he? I didn't hear yeah. him say that. And That's I said, hilarious. you don't even know, Charlie. You don't even know. If you knew the truth, you wouldn't even know what to say. And it, nobody said anything. <laughs> <laughs> so used to be friends just weird. don't care. They, they wouldn't care if they knew, no. Yeah. That's hilarious. I missed that. Um, Christina also says that the length of the podcast is perfect. Yes. I listen while I do mundane yes. chores and while at my job as a crossing guard in Cambridge. Ooh. MA, which one's that? Massachusetts. Massachusetts. Lolly lady in your vernacular. Lolly lady. <laughs> Lolly pop lady. Lolly pop lady. <laughs> I have been meaning to write for a long time. I have more things to say, but now I can't remember what they were. But damn, they are important. Just keep on keeping on. And thank you so much for this podcast. I will. I am the only person I know who watches Cory in my area. So you guys are my buddies. I deleted my Facebook page this year because of, well, you know, what's going on in this crackpot country. And Facebook was one of the culprits of chaos and insanity. I wish you both the best of everything in life. And your new, oh, and your nice. new 
home. Yes, thank you. Oh. Lots of love from Cambridge, Massachusetts. Yes, there you go. Christina. Thank you very much. Right. Now, yeah. um, Christina also mentions, and I don't know if this is anything about what we can do, she says, please keep the download button because ever since Apple changed iTunes, I can barely download podcasts on my old computer via iTunes. Um, are you t- I, I think, I'm guessing Christina's talking about the download button on on our blog. So when you go on there and you can see the, the posts and there's a little preview and everything and you can press download. I don't know. We, I, I wouldn't know how to get rid of We've it if no I tried. We've got no control over whether it's there or not. We might do. But I can't remember how know, to change it. So I've got to get no, rid of it, we I've wouldn't got, be able to stop them. Well, I was, I've, I've, I've done quite a lot of good host- tinkering on our blog because you get your... Um, you get these, yeah, we're hosted by Podbean. So yeah. we pay Podbean a certain amount of money every month to be able to upload... Um, our our episodes and then those episodes get passed on to, yeah, the, to Spotify and um, Apple and everybody else. There's lots of little templates that you can pick for on your blog and I picked one and I edited the heck out of it. I was quite pleased with myself but this was about you know, six years ago now and I can't remember how I did it. So I think the way the blog is at the moment that's kind of the way it's going it to be blog. staying. It's a website. Yeah, the website is going at the moment. I'd say a blog is more like an online diary or something. That did change to it a few years ago. Anyway, the, the download button's not going anywhere but you're right um, in the fact that I, Apple's I changed iTunes is a bit rubbish at the moment. Would you like to promote the app that you said was really I good that I, you've got? Um, well, I, I think I did a few weeks ago. It's called Overcast which is quite good. Um, podcasting app that you can get on your phones and also you can um you can click on the little timestamps that, that i put up on the episodes every week and it'll take you there so if you're fed up of us talking about anything waffle at the beginning of the episode you just want to get Skip. straight down the street well, i don't care about the stupid quiz yeah exactly anyway thank you christina thank for you, christina. emailing That's really for, nice uh, of you. after all this time yeah um i just wanted to say about um diabetic, diabetic. comas go on so then. public information I think it's very, it's normally, it's more likely that you go into a diabetic coma because your blood sugar level is low. Yeah. But you can, I think it can also be if it's too high. Well, yeah, but that's what happens to Katie high, Harris, isn't it? I know, but if it's too high, you can't really do anything about it. But adding more sugar is not going to, it's not going to help. But, so if somebody's passing out and they're diabetic and you don't know whether it's high or low, you should still give them sugar because... It would, it might, it will help, definitely help if they're low. Okay. But I don't know whether, I don't know anyway. That's another... But listen, you need to follow the 15-15 rule, which is 15 grams of fast-acting carbs, which is about a tablespoon of honey or sugar, or four ounces of fruit juice or soda, mm. or three to four glucose tablets. Wait 15 minutes, and then if they don't feel better, they have to have more carbs. So, so one tablespoon of honey... Wait 15 minutes to see if they feel better. Do you remember that reminds me? Do you remember when we had our little bees down by the front door a few yeah, years ago did. and you put a bit of honey on the spoon to feed them? That's cute. Yum, yum, yum. Nothing, ever happened. Nothing happened but this week. Listen, with... if somebody's unconscious, don't give them anything. Okay. Because they'll choke. They're choking it. Nothing happened with Summer and her energy drinks this week, did it? No, we saw she, last no, week she true. was downing a can of it and that, that storyline, that, that part of that, that storyline. No, I think that will come now. up later. I think something will happen where she'll, perhaps it will come out what's going on with Billy. Um, not Billy, um, Todd, and she'll feel upset and then she'll drink an energy drink and then someone will find her and go, oh, no, 
Maybe I'll maybe give her some more sugar and be like, no, no, it's too high, <laughs> not too low. Right, um, we are done with another podcast. That is it for another week. Don't forget, we've got our bonus podcast coming out this Saturday and I'm not going to tell you what it is, you have to wait and see, but it's going to be, it's about, about two and a half hours long, so we've already it's recorded really this half and maybe it's a good one. I think it's a good one, hopefully you'll look forward but to it. But listen, I just want to say what? about, if, you, if you're worried about uh, somebody in your life who has diabetes or if you are diabetic and you're worried... The best thing you can do is talk to the people in your life to make sure that they know what it is exactly that you or they have to do in the case of something happening. You're so Don't just listen to me. But I know, but sometimes these conversations, this is why it's good Coronation Street is covering it, because these conversations can then, you know, perhaps be facilitated better. And if you have, if you are diabetic and you have an appointment with your diabetes nurse, don't don't try just, and skip it just, to go to yeah. the rave up at the red rack. Because it'll be rubbish anyway. Yeah, go on. It won't, won't even be that big of a deal. <laughs> no, it definitely won't show it at the moment. No. Right, we're but done. What? We are now heading into, in the UK, we're now heading towards Freedom Day Part 2. Oh, yes. Which is the 19th of July, 19th of I July. think. And that is when every, you can do whatever you like. Yeah. No holds barred. Get rid of all the restrictions because apparently... Covid's gone now, right? I'll leave you guys alone. You've had too much of this. That's boring now, isn't it? Yeah. So, so it'll we'll, be fine. We'll see how that goes. Um, I would really like Coronation Street to do a story about this because I just, I just think people are split 50-50 on whether or not this is a good idea and there are pe- will be people that carry on wearing masks. This is one of those things that it's it's kind of going to be too late, isn't it? I mean, they've already got the Izzy storyline at the moment, which is, well, feeling, look, the, which is yeah, one of the very things... timely. But it, well, maybe it's timely is not the right word, but it, it's good that they're doing it now because if they left it that much longer, it would maybe feel a little bit less relevant. Yeah. Um, yeah. One of the things the government said is that from the nineteenth of July, you no longer have to work at home, or you no longer will be required to. to work so. at home. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I was saying. Half the people would carry on, will probably want to carry on wearing masks. Whether or not they will, I don't know. And other, the other half of people will not want to wear masks. And I can imagine there being a lot of tension because you can't exactly hide the fact you're wearing a mask or not. No. I would prefer to wear a mask, but I just think that I'm going to be made to feel awkward or stupid by people that don't want to wear masks. And I don't want people to be looking at me and judging me and, like, calling me a coward or something. So I know that that's what people think. I'm very interested to to go out on the 19th of July and see what's, what's going on. I just think it's... um, The government's basically said, right, it's down to your discretion about how you act and you use your best judgment, which is, like, I don't know, though. I don't know whether people really should be... <laughs> should be uh, in charge of other people's health. That's the thing, isn't it? It's, uh, not, it's not just your personal responsibility for yourself, because that would be one thing. I'm all for that, you know. Well, if you, being government... responsible for yourself only, um, that's fine with me. But when you're, if you're responsible for other people's health and safety and you're being told, don't worry about it, you don't need to, worry, you don't need to be careful, I think that's really mean. Think about somebody like Izzy. Come 19th of July, she, she's, you know, she should be free to go where she wants and do what she wants. But she's been inside all year and now she's going to have even more reason to stay inside. She's not going to want to come out, more, out now, is she? No. Just because she's been double vaccinated... I know that that's um, that that really helps you, but still, some some people are dying who've had both, mm. and it and it is right to say that you'll never get rid of it. But that's no reason to say you shouldn't be worried or no. concerned about your own health, and or be made to feel guilty or stupid for worrying about it. 
Agreed. Same reason why, listen, how come everyone's okay with the fact that we know people that are too scared to fly or when they get on an aeroplane, they're worried? You've got more chance of get, contracting coronavirus than you have of being in a plane crash. Mm, mm. Especially now, because nobody's allowed on planes. <laughs> Very true. Right. Sorry. Um, as I said, this weekend, we've got the bonus podcast coming out. And then, assuming there aren't any last-minute changes to the ITV scheduling, it's <laughs> going to be then another week until the following episode of Conversation Street, which will be Street Talk. So it might be a little while until you hear what we, what we had to think about Coronation Street. But we'll be back at some point. Um, hopefully yeah, so you're saying week. it might be Monday next week if they carry on doing the hub. And if it's not, it'll be Friday. Yes. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. That's when we record it. But I just want to say, what? if you don't want to wear a mask, I understand. Yes. Because I don't want to wear a mask really either. But some people don't mind the risk and some people do. Yeah. Um, so, you, yeah, if you'll find out the news, won't you? If you, um, where, what is, what's going on with the hub. And if you follow us on Twitter, you'll know. Yes, we will say. Whether we're uploading it on Monday or not. Mm. Right, I'm going to go now. Are you going to come with me? <laughs> no, I'm going to carry on just and carry on talking with your public service announcement. Diabetes and whether you should wear a mask. <laughs> this isn't the time of the, of the, the platform. This is Gemma's today. public health announcements. Where's my St George's Cross? The music for this episode came from podcastteams.com. Oh, oh, oh.